The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight, 933.93. Pat Gray unleashed. More Palestinian uh, protests. There's, it's a little bit lighter today, though, for uh, a few reasons. But everybody in the, on the planet, except for us, seems to be blaming Israel uh, for what's going on at their border. Being attacked, people rushing the border, throwing Molotov cocktails, all, all that's fine. Don't worry about it. I guess Israel's supposed to sit back and hand out flowers and falafels. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, dozens have died, but don't be attacking Israeli soldiers. There, there is a photo making the rounds that's heartbreaking and it, it's, it's really sad. But is it Israel's fault that a Palestinian woman brought her tiny infant, her baby, to the protest? What are you doing bringing your baby to a violent border protest with Israel when there's tear gas and you know there's going to be tear, tear gas. Baby died from tear gas inhalation. What the hell were you doing at the border with your infant child? Uh, that's negligence. That's not on the uh, IDF. That's on the Palestinian mother. What a horrifically stupid thing to do. I, but all of this is you know, all of this is Israel's fault. <laughs> Yesterday, or uh, earlier today, they marked the Nakba, or catastrophe, which commemorates the more than 700,000 Palestinians who fled or were expelled in the 1948 war surrounding Israel's creation. Hmm, that's fascinating. It was a catastrophe. How was that brought on? Let's go back to 1948 and try to figure out why any Palestinians fled Israel. Let's see. A state was made for Israel. That's why, right? And it was supposed to be a Jewish state. And so the Palestinians didn't want to live there. Uh, And then some who stayed behind were, in fact, expelled by the Israelis when the war began. Because the Palestinians and their Arab allies attacked Israel. Oh, by the way, there was also at the same time an Israeli state was set up. A Palestinian state was also set up in 1948. But they rejected it. Which it seems like, um, you know, they could have had what they want, supposed, what they supposedly want. They could have had it 70 years ago. Why didn't they? Because they didn't want to coexist with Israel. Because they wanted all of the territory. And the two-state solution was not okay with them. Israel had to be driven into the sea. And that's what they immediately started to try to do, was drive Israel into the sea. It didn't work in 1948. It didn't work in 1956. It didn't work in 67 or 81 or in the 90s. It has never worked, and it never will. 
you'll never drive Israel into the sea. But they keep trying. And uh, Hamas keeps firing people up in the Gaza Strip to go battle with the IDF soldiers. And then when they do, and then somehow it's the IDF's fault. It's pathetic. Uh, this, this clash between these two peoples could have ended in 1948. You had a Palestine. You had a two-state solution. In the beginning, the UN set it up. But it wasn't good enough for them. They wouldn't take it. They wanted all of the land. Despite the fact that we all know that Israel has existed for thousands of years. Other than, you know, like the time between... um, Christ and 1948. But prior to that, they were a nation for thousands of years. When was Palestine a a nation? Never. Hasn't been. They called that region Palestine. The Romans did. But it wasn't a Palestinian state. So, uh, I, I, I don't know how everybody sides against Israel. In this thing. It just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 60 Gazans were killed uh, yesterday. Shot by Israeli snipers. Why? Because they're attacking Israel Israel's soldiers, the IDF. And again, why are you bringing babies and children to the border where they're in danger? What, what is that? How come nobody's asking that question of these people? What are you doing bringing a child here? Get a babysitter if you want to come to the protest. Okay? <laughs> maybe uh, get a babysitter and leave the child at home. Or, you know what? If you can't get a babysitter, maybe you skip today's protest. Just a good safety tip for you and your children. Good golly. So, a lot of the funerals are going on today, and, and the Palestinians always make a huge uh, thing uh, against Israel from those um, a lot of times, you know, sad but true, a lot of times they use fake bodies. A lot of times they use old bodies from other conflicts. Uh, you never know what's real and what's not with the Palestinians and the Arabs. You don't, you don't know. Um, maybe it isn't even 60 people dead. I don't know. Have there been 2,700 wounded? I'm not confident in that figure either because it's from them. They fake this stuff all the time. It's been documented many, many times. In the West Bank, uh, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas declared a general strike after accusing Israel of massacres. Um, On Monday, of course, tens of thousands gathered near the border in protest, while smaller numbers of stone-throwing Palestinians approached the fence and sought to break through, with Israeli snipers positioned on the other side, there to stop them from breaking through. And, of course, the death toll has led to strong condemnation from rights groups and uh, countries around the world. I'd love to know what would happen if angry people were hammering down your border in your country. Do you just let them through and do whatever they are going to do? Or do you maybe stop them? You got 30,000 people coming at you and you're just going to what? Let them all in? 
We're the only ones, it seems, um, that I've seen anyway, that have actually put the blame where the blame belongs, on squarely on Hamas. So thanks, thank goodness for the Trump administration in this particular case. Because if this was the, the Obama administration, they'd be condemning Israel too, just like everybody else. And the U.S. blocked the adoption of a U.N. Security Council statement that would have called for an independent probe into the violence. The embassy inauguration went ahead as planned in Jerusalem. It was attended by Ivanka Trump and her husband, Jared Kushner. Um, actually, the, the number on the border, um, according to Israel's military, was 40,000, not 30,000. 40,000 people. Threatening violence, throwing rocks, throwing Molotov cocktails, trying to crash the border, trying to uh, wreak havoc. And so what, what, what are Israel's options here? And the purpose uh, of doing this was because they were upset that one country said we're putting our embassy inside this city in another country? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And it's also uh, being tied into what we talked about earlier, the Nakba or the catastrophe that commemorates the Palestinians fleeing from Israel when the state was, was uh, gotcha. instituted. But they were supposed to flee to their own country, <laughs> which was also set up at the time. I don't know. I just... And most people don't even understand that, that there there was a two-state solution in the beginning. They had their state. They just didn't want it. Why? Because it also included Israel, and they're trying to drive Israel into the sea. And I think that's like... Um you know, race baiters today. They don't want equality. They don't want us getting along because then they don't have something to complain about. Absolutely true. At least 114, they're saying now, Palestinians have been killed in a campaign of protests uh, since March 30th. Uh, Only one Israeli soldier has been reported wounded. Uh, Yesterday, the army said many rioters tried to breach the border fence and approximately 10 explosive devices, several firebombs were used to target the security fence and troops. It said shots were also fired at soldiers. The embassy inauguration followed Trump's December 6th recognition of Israel, uh, Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Uh, finally, you know, somebody did the right thing. And uh, we all knew that there was going to be some conflict as a result of it. Shouldn't be. How ridiculous is this? Okay, we moved our embassy. We already had an embassy. It just happens to be in Jerusalem now, which is the capital of Israel. But even if you don't think it's the capital of Israel, then okay, it, it just moved to another city. So what? Can we not be reasonable human beings? No, because there's no onus on the Palestinians to ever be reasonable. There's no call from any quarter that ever says, hey, Why don't you Palestinians exercise some common sense and human decency and leave the Israelis alone? Why? Why don't you? You want a a two-state solution? All right. Recognize Israel. Get rid of Hamas as your leadership. That's a terrorist organization. Get rid of them because their charter calls for the destruction of Israel. Then we can talk about a two-state solution. They're not interested. Never have been. And maybe never will be. I don't know. Certainly doesn't look like it like they ever will be. Uh, but at the UN, everyone 
with the exception of us, thank goodness, Nikki Haley as our ambassador, everybody else on this planet blames Israel. Pathetic. 888 Let me tell you about uh, one of our great new sponsors, Bombshot Lip Balm. Wayne is the founder of uh, Bombshot Lip Balm, and he developed, developed uh, some serious lip cancer from constant sunburns that he received over the years. And it became so severe, he had to have his bottom lip removed and replaced. So he was really frustrated. Standard lip balm products didn't work for him, didn't keep the, his lips from sunburning, and uh, would the lip balm would wind up a gooey mess in his pocket at the end of the day. So he got tired of it, couldn't find anything he liked, so he developed something he liked. And really it's cool. awesome, and you know for a fact yesterday... I was in panic mode because I couldn't find my bomb shot. Oh, no. Thankfully, it was back at the house on the counter. That is, that's a good thing. Uh, but I was, yeah. I was terrified. I was like, where's my bomb shot? All day, where's my bomb shot? He developed it in this handy little shotgun shell, which is really cool, and is going to set off all your liberal friends, which is also <laughs> a definite plus. And uh, the lip balm in it is just great. So he developed this, and now it's in over 3,000 stores nationwide. His product is 100% American-made. You're going to love this stuff. Right now, there's a special offer for Blaze listeners only. All you have to do is go to bombshot.com, use the promo code PAT, and when you purchase a six-pack with uh, six different varieties of, of this uh, lip balm, you'll get a, an extra tube for free. So you buy six, and you get seven, and they'll ship it for free. So you buy six, get seven, and free shipping. Bombshot.com, promo code PAT, B-A-L-M, SHOT.com. That's balmshot.com. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Welcome. Uh, the lunacy didn't stop with other countries or the UN. We also got a decent amount uh, from some of the buffoons in this country. Buffoons like uh, Bernie Sanders, who had this to say about the conflict in the Middle East. Instead of applauding Israel for its actions, uh, Israel should be condemned. Israel has a right to security. Uh, but shooting unarmed protesters is not what it is about. And ultimately, of, wow. course, of course, when you have of a situation course. in Hamas where youth unemployment is somewhere around 60 percent in Gaza, I'm sorry, in, in, where youth unemployment is 60 percent, uh, where people are drinking filthy water, uh, where the economy is a total disaster. Uh, we're not going to get a handle on that problem until the world uh, led by the United States begins addressing that issue. Wow. So Israel needs to be condemned for the violence. For defending themselves. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. If the Canadians were pouring across the U.S. border, would we defend ourselves? Or would the army just let them come? You know we'd defend ourselves. If people are throwing Molotov cocktails at you, firebombs, they're shooting at you, they're throwing rocks, uh... 
we're, we're, you're going to fire back and you're going to try to stop them from coming across your border and doing harm to your people in your country. I mean, they're setting fires. Oh, good gosh. Standing behind them and launching projectiles with with slingshots. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. What? And, and you know what? They probably just were expecting Israel to do nothing. But I'm sorry. Israel now has the backing of an ally. What would ever lead them to believe that Israel is going to do nothing? Because every single time Israel defends itself. Mm-hmm. Every time. That's true. Yeah. They know better than this. They know what they're getting into. And Hamas just wants it to happen. Yeah. Hamas doesn't care how many of their people die. They don't care. You're right. In fact, they like it. Why? Because then they can elicit sympathy from the rest of the world, from the idiots in Europe. who think, yeah, you're, you're killing innocent people there. You're, what about the rights of the Palestinians? The Palestinians don't have any right to pour across the Israeli border and throw Molotov cocktails at Israeli soldiers. There is no right to do that. <laughs> we try to make sense of those words. You can't. You just plain can't. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's hard to make sense of some of the things going on here, and it's nothing as serious as <clears throat> what's going on there. Starting July first, ferrets, goats, and hedgehogs mm-hmm. can no longer fly American Airlines, and this is so bad because even if they're emotional support animals, you can't, no support. You can't have anymore? an emotional support ferret. You can't have an emotional support goat or an emotional support hedgehog now? Wow, what is this world coming to? Now, those are just three, too, of a somewhat lengthy list of barred animals that American Airlines has put on uh, a list in response to an increase in customers transporting a service or support animal on board. More than 40% increase from 2016 to 2017, and they just expect that to continue to rise. The good news, though, yeah, you can have a support uh, miniature horse. So, oh, good. like a Shetland pony, you, yeah. can, you can bring a Shetland pony on an American Airlines flight, and you'll have to pay for one ticket. Right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, it's a, it's your support horse. Oh, that's true. Zero tickets would have to be purchased. Where is the Shetland pony going to uh, exist on that flight? You in the aisle? No, you store them in the overhead bin. I, think. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> think so you know, i don't think so Just shove it in there <laughs> american airlines Turn it the other way <laughs> they issued this uh statement we support the rights of customers from veterans to people with disabilities with legitimate needs for a trained service or support animal unfortunately untrained animals can lead to safety issues for our team our customers and working dogs on board our aircraft <laughs> are they suggesting that a ferret isn't trained i don't know huh. i i hope not because that's so insensitive sure is that's so hateful. Mm-hmm. That's so anti-ferret. Oh my gosh, anti-ferret. Mm-hmm. You said it, man. Mm-hmm. Some of the changes include additional restrictions on animal types, including sugar gliders and snakes. I can't have an emotional support snake on my flight. If I want my cobra to come with me so that he can calm me emotionally when I get <laughs> stressed out, when there's you know, some really rough skies... Mm-hmm. Bad turbulence. Well, then I'm I'm not going to fly your airline if I can't bring my snake. I want to know what a sugar glider is. What is a <laughs> sugar glider? It's like a isn't it like a flying squirrel or eh, something? I'm looking at this kind of creepy, but mm-hmm. okay. 
Uh, for people traveling with service animals on flights longer than eight hours, documentation is required stating the animal won't need to relieve itself or <laughs> can do so in a way that doesn't create a health or sanitation issue. <laughs> I mean, babies do that on the flights as it is. So, I mean, we already got a problem in that respect. Wow. Can you imagine a horse going to the bathroom <laughs> on an American Airlines flight? Even if they're miniature horses, they're still pretty stinking big. <laughs> to travel with an emotional support and psychiatric service animal in the cabin, customers must contact the special assistance desk <laughs> with all required documentation at least 48 hours before the flight. Wow. Uh, the support animal must be fully trained, and it can fly in the cabin at no charge if they meet the requirements. Wow. Animals must be uh, able to fit at the customer's feet. <laughs> Under their seat or in their lap. Now, hey, wait. Well, I was a mini horse. Uh, it's a mini. It's a mini horse, though. Uh, miniature. Have you ever seen miniature horses? They're still pretty freaking big. I know. You man. can't fit under the seat or in your lap. Well, what if you're in the eye? What if you're in like the the wing seat? You know, the emergency exit row. Then you might have some room there, huh? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't get have to, to have a horse clog the emergency exit. That's a good idea. You don't have to. You don't have to idea. pay for this animal uh, for its seat. So no, you don't. What can you just ride the horse throughout like the cabin, just <laughs> up and down the aisle, and then be ride it to the bathroom? The bathroom <laughs> just leave it there, and then ride it back to your seat when you're done. I think that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. I am getting yeah a mini horse. Yeah, we're doing I'm, this, and I'm going to train it to be an emotional support horse, and I'm taking it with me on my next flight. Totally. This is awesome. Oh, me and you and Jeff can go in on this horse and we just use it. That'd be awesome. We just trade it back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then you just talk to it all during the flight. That'd be fun. Um, emotional support and service animals cannot protrude into or block aisles, <laughs> occupy a seat, or eat from tray tables. <laughs> they had to put that in there uh-huh. because we're in our society sucks yes a, a freaking insane world yeah. and so yes you have to put that in there <laughs> well you can't have them block the carts that go up and down the aisle can you and and dispense all the food and the soda and whatever else the snacks <clears throat> uh animal behavior emotional support and service animals must be trained to behave properly They must be tethered by a leash and or harness Mm -hmm. and under your control at all times. Animals won't be permitted in the cabin if they display any form of disruptive behavior that can't be successfully corrected or controlled, including, but not limited to. Here we go. Growling, (laughs) biting or attempting to bite. Fight with Jeffy. Or jumping on or lunging at people. (laughs) Now, if you have to support an actual trained service dog, that's not going to happen. If you have a real trained dog, they're not going to do any of those things. The dog is totally understandable because we all know we've seen that. Yeah. We're used to that. It's this other thing. These, you know, squirrels and horses and pigs. The pot-bellied pig is an emotional support animal. Since when? So wait a minute. They can't eat off the tray tables? No. But could they then eat out of the, the seat back pocket and like, use it as a trough? <laughs> Because, I mean, it's convenient. It's, that's not specified, so I'm going to say yes. Thank you. I'm going to say go ahead, Keith, and let your mini horse eat out of the back pocket. <laughs> so here's some uh, animals that are permitted. Amphibians. Uh, oh, they are not permitted. Okay, so some animals can't be permitted. 
Amphib- amphibians, ferrets, goats, hedgehogs, insects. You can't have an emotional support insect. Where's my cricket going to go? Wow. Uh, I don't know. That's hateful. Reptiles, rodents, snakes, spiders, as we mentioned, sugar gliders, non-household birds, farm poultry. A chicken can't be a support animal? Wow, this hurts. I am pissed off at yeah, American you, Airlines. You should now. be. Animals with tusks, horns, or hooves. That's a good idea. Or any animal that's unclean or has an odor. Well, once the mini horse poops, I guarantee there's going to be an odor. And that's not going to be a fun trip for whoever is uh, on it. Can you imagine <laughs> waiting in the airport terminal at the gate and you see a horse walk up? That you know it's going on your flight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm out. Yeah. We'll see you again next time. 888-900-3393. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, we got more uh, on airline etiquette coming up in a second. But first, let me tell you about uh, RidUZone. This is something that so many people in this building are using. Why? Because it works. Along with diet and exercise, this safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged supplement uh, is going to help you burn calories, help you burn fat, because it boosts your metabolism, reduces your appetite, and you just uh, burn away fat. So if you eat decently and you exercise a little bit, none of us want to hear that. I certainly don't, but it works. And then Riduzone helps you along the way. Reduces the appetite when all you can think about is food and having a bowl of ice cream at the end of the day. Maybe that's just me. I don't know, but man, last night it was quite a battle. <laughs> quite a battle like i'm gonna have ice cream tonight and nope i just went to bed instead uh and so if you're in that battle this is going to help with proper nutrition and exercise riduzone will help you lose weight and more importantly help you keep it off once you lose the weight it's really hard because then it's like okay i'm gonna eat now and then you gain it back but riduzone helps you not think about food all, all day it helps you not be hungry Go to RidUZone.com, enter the promo code PAT, get 30% off a three-month supply. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com, RidUZone.com. We were telling you about the uh, American Airlines guidelines for emotional support animals. Um, I, I, You know what? I would hate to work at an airline now because you've got hundreds of pissed-off people every single day, every single flight. They've already been through TSA, who put them through all kinds of crap and taking off their belts and their shoes and their socks, removing their pants and then being frisked and felt up and all those things that you have to go through. And then all the hassles of flight delays and and waiting on the tarmac and taxiing for who knows how long. And then you got to let somebody bring an emotional support pig on the flight? No. Then there's this little incident which had to be tough. On the uh, United Airlines crew, a Nigerian woman is suing United Airlines 
because she and her kids were kicked off a flight after another passenger complained about her pungent odor. Oof. Oh, boy. <laughs> been there, man. Oh, man. I've been... We're, with a smelly person on a flight? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not pleasant, but I don't think I'd ever say anything. Yeah, I, I angled the air flow away That's from I've done. these yep. two gentlemen Yep. Um, and, uh, and just grinned and bared it, bore it. Uh, apparently, this passenger <laughs> did not. Uh, Queen Obiyama claims she and her minor children were boarding a San Francisco-bound plane when an altercation with, and let's be clear, okay. it was a white... Male. Oh my goodness, say no more. Right? Oh, so you know this was hateful. A hateful, hateful racist filled. encounter. You know yep, it was. Totally. You know it was. Completely. Uh, it escalated to the point where the United staff pulled her family from the flight. Obiama, a frequent United Flyer, member of the airline Star Alliance, was traveling, and she still got kicked off the flight? Mm-hmm. I don't blame her for being pissed. Mm. She boarded a flight at Bush Intercontinental. That's in Houston. The second in a three-leg journey to Canada, where she found a white male passenger settled in her assigned seat. He refused to move, and she agreed to swap seats with him. She used the aircraft's restroom before takeoff and was blocked by the male passenger when she tried to return to the seat. She Hmm. says a crew member identified as Russell H. ordered her to exit the plane. Another staffer told her the pilot had asked that she be ejected from the flight after the male passenger seated in her near her complained about her odor. Mm-hmm. I don't, man, that's a tough one. I mean, that's we, a tough. We one. don't know what it smelled I like don't, in there. We don't know, and I wasn't on that flight. But there are some signs of a bad situation here, aren't there? Could yeah. it have been racism? She's she's the big frequent flyer. She's the one with the Star Alliance uh, that travels all the time. You know, he was in her seat. Yeah, what? those are a lot of strikes against him. Yeah, why? But I don't know. I don't know. Look, if somebody smells that badly, and mm-hmm. let's say there isn't another seat on the plane, what are you going to do? I'm going to go to the stewardess and I'm going to say, "Hey, um, do you do you absolutely use that jump seat back there? Do they? I, I'm asking, do they have to use that during takeoffs and landings? You know, where the stewardess know. goes to the very back and straps mm-hmm. in." Can I please sit there because this lady in 12 That might be a good way to handle reeks. it. Yeah. Or you don't say anything to her. You just get up or in and front of her either. The, you know, right. you just. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Otherwise, you could stand the entire flight and just have to sit next to her and take off and landing. I, I don't know. I mean, know. if it's really bad, could I just ride in the baggage area? Yeah. Just, we'll get the cargo hold to be fine. Underneath. I know it's 40 thing. below when we get yeah. to 40,000 feet, but, you know, maybe I could put a sweater on. Probably a couple of. there. Emotional support pigs down there <laughs> that, that got kicked out of the cabin as well. I don't know, man. Uh, all right. Lisa in Michigan, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. How you doing? Doing good. Good. Um, I kind of want to set the record straight. Okay. Um, I'm a veteran with PTSD and mm. a traumatic brain injury, so I may not always speak well, so I apologize for that in advance. Um, but a service animal... Under the ADA, the service animal is only a dog yeah. or a miniature horse. Period. Okay, so miniature horses are cleared by the ADA. They're specifically Correct. mentioned. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I knew dogs were, yeah. obviously, because dogs... Um, uh, Marcus Luttrell has a dog, and that dog is unbelievably fantastic and helped yeah. him when he was in a really bad situation. So dogs are great. But you're saying that the ADI, ADA only recognizes... Two animals. 
Yeah, that's it. Just two. Wow. These other rules that are coming from the airlines are from them themselves. They can do what they want to do with emotional support animals, but emotional support animals do not have any rights underneath the ADA. Okay. That's interesting. So have you ever have you ever taken your dog on a flight? No, I haven't. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do so this fall. Okay. But if they try to make her sit underneath my legs or in my lap, that's not going to happen because she's a border collie. She's too big for being under the seat then, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would think the miniature horses are too. I don't know what they're going to do with them. You'd have to have them in the aisle right next to you, wouldn't you? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If I had a miniature horse, I don't think I would take it on an airplane. I think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I do, too. All right. Well, thank you for your service. Um, appreciate that's the call. No Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, amazing. Those dogs are fantastic. They are amazing things They're, to behold. You know, and you're not supposed to, if you're not in the immediate family, you're not supposed to touch them. You're not supposed to pet them. You're not supposed to, you know, you leave them alone. Because they've been trained a certain way, and they they have a certain mindset, and they're loyal to a certain person, and that's it. And then you leave them alone. Uh, you know, Glenn Glenn's dog Victor, who uh, we lost what two, three years, years ago, ago, four yeah. years ago, maybe now. What a phenomenal dog he was, and he was a service dog, and you know, so there's all kinds of rules around him, and but they do incredible things. They are trained to do certain things, and it's it's uh, amazing to watch them do it mm-hmm. and to help their owner. When when Marcus came back from his tours and was so messed up uh, after his capture, his service dog uh, helped save his life, really did. Yeah. So service dogs and support animals can be a real thing and a really good thing, but then you can just get ridiculous like they are now with this with these emotional support animals on flights. Of course, one way to um, distract a, a service animal, uh, like in the case of Victor, is to uh, inject a female uh, dog into his life, and uh, then he became distracted <laughs> with Ella around. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the Achilles heel. But no, I just love seeing them because they are so calm and relaxing. Oh yeah, they're amazing. I mean, just 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 seeing them. At waiting at an airport or or wherever, they're you can't just, help but love them. Yep, and you want to go up and pet them, and you're just like, nope, mm-hmm. just like you said, they're at work. Mm-hmm. Nope, can't do it. Yep, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So I I don't envy the job the flight attendants and the airline employees have because it's got to be tough. They have to deal with me sometimes, and I'm always pissed off on a flight. Well, yeah, that's because you just got done being... Because <laughs> I just got done manhandled, being felt up by the TSA and the pedophile kidnappers who mm-hmm. train these guys for the pedophile government mm-hmm. any, 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 or whatever it is any good looking guys ever uh, never do, no it's mm-hmm. always okay. no so nobody even, who's my type anyway not even not even uh you know some romantic music wow. a, a little glass of wine which I, I wouldn't drink anyway but at least you could offer sure you know maybe take me out for a nice meal before hmm. you get to third base with me i don't know wow uh, i don't wow. So that's your standard. You gotta have a yes, nice meal. Yes. You're gonna just I may give it up be right there. Easy, in the but I'm not cheap. Okay? <laughs> I demand a meal first. <laughs> well, then you and I will never date. Because I am cheap. And I will never pay for that. Uh but you're also easy, so that's a good combination for you. Uh triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Uh there's been a surge. You know, here we are talking about border crossings and 
all of the madness going on with Israel and their border, with us and our border. Now there's a surge. I love this story because there's a surge in illegal border crossings in Canada. (laughs) So now their welcoming attitude (laughs) is being challenged. Okay. You know, they're not the they're not the place right next door to Mexico uh, where all of everybody from South and Central America and Mexico has come up and crossed our border and then they just stay. Now they're starting to filter up to the north and go into Canada too. And so now that they've experienced what we have, huh? What a stunning surprise, not quite as welcoming. Hmm. You mean you'd like people to immigrate to your country legally? Huh, I thought you were a a nation of immigrants. (laughs) Aren't you a nation of immigrants? I love that phrase. Yeah, we're a nation of legal, legal immigrants. Yeah. Small group of people from Nigeria and Mali stepped off a shuttle bus on a recent evening and lugged suitcases and backpacks along a country road toward the border with Canada. Canadian police officer was waiting there to arrest them. The group is part of a fresh wave of asylum seekers flooding into Canada in recent weeks, undeterred by the threat of arrest imposing the latest test for Canada's immigration-friendly stance. You might remember a few weeks ago, we had the story where Canada was saying to people, hey, don't come here. We will not allow you in. Roughly 2,600 people used unofficial border crossings like this one to enter the country in April. 2,600. <laughs> That's child's play. Right. Come on. <laughs> That's like a slow morning in the United States of America, let alone yeah. uh, an entire month. Talk to me when your uh, border agents are being attacked. Right. You know? Yes. Come on. That marked the latest surge following the crossing last summer of some 8,500 asylum seekers. People breaching the border is a new challenge for Canada. Welcome to it, Canada. A. Eh? The country's geographic isolation has traditionally allowed them to maintain a highly selective immigration and refugee system uh, as migrants from Africa and the Middle East have poured into Europe in recent years and the United States has grappled with, of course, our situation. Now, Canadians have been forced because they self-congratulate all the time. We're so wonderful. We're open to immigration. We're welcoming. We, we, uh, We want you to come here. Do you? <laughs> Do you? When it starts getting out of control, now you know. Now you can feel our pain. Now. Now you know what it's like. So their liberal government's facing some criticism over their handling of the influx. The opposition conservatives want the government to shut down the unofficial border crossings, saying the, saying the asylum seekers are using them and are sapping their resources that are normally devoted to processing applicants from other immigration and refugee streams. Immigration and Refugee Board there, which decides on asylum cases, has a backlog of 53,000 cases right now in Canada. I love it when everybody's getting a little taste of (laughs) of what we experience every day, every week, every month, every year. Good luck. Yeah, I mean... They just don't understand the challenge uh, of this situation, of, of people pouring across your border and you have no idea who they are or what they're doing here and all this being said canada please don't build a wall because we may be uh we might get a run for in. your border at yeah. some point no kidding please don't box us, us out
And then you've got uh, geniuses like uh, Terrence Howard, who was on The View yesterday. He's he's the star of the of the TV show uh, Empire. The Empire. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never seen the show, but I've I've seen the commercials for it. So you probably have too. Here's what he said on The View yesterday. I'm a child of Italian American uh, grandparents. This who isn't were, him. My but mother he's was born here, but my father was born in Italy, <laughs> and I went to all city schools, got free education, pretty much. And I think that I'm a good example of immigration. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, my yeah, parents, yeah, I mean, I'm 62% West African, 37% Western European. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure all the Western European that's in me was by choice. Mm-hmm. But my family, okay. you know, mm-hmm. all of America is made up of immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there, there's that phrase. Can't let it go. Oh, you just uh-uh. America is made up of legal immigrants we are not made up of illegals here we're not that's not what built this country to the universe there are no borders it's just mankind that has placed these borders and we have to remember the american indians allowed europeans to come in and they Mm -hmm. fed them and they Uh looked after them because they were their weak yeah in some cases they did in other cases uh they cut them uh their their scalps off they killed them and then cut the tops of their scalps off as proof that they had done another kill of of a white man. So, yeah, in some cases they were welcoming. In other cases, not so much. So when you take the very kindness that was given to you so you can have life uh-huh. and you use it to prevent somebody from having life, even separating someone from their mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. that Shut is an up. ungodly and unconscious act. Right. That will- and, and there we go again with the separation of children thing. It only matters with immigrants, the separation of, from your family. Because if I commit a crime today and I'm caught... And I'm tried and convicted, I will be separated from my family and nobody will cry a tear over it. They'll say, well, of course he's separated from his family. He was sent to jail. He committed a crime. Why is it any different in this case? Ah, it's triple (laughs) eight. You know, (laughs) I mean, Uh, uh, I I just, I I, I said on Glenn's show today, it's all been said, and it really has. We've said it all a million times. But I don't like the implication that he made, well, I don't know how much of the uh, Western European in me was by choice. Oh, I know. Okay, all right. I I see what you're insinuating there, sir. But are you saying that that only white Europeans are rapists? Because I don't know. You could go back. Yeah, but that's that's an okay assumption to make. Yeah, because it's against whitey. Oh, so you, you, yeah, that's so, fine. So the Western African part of him, sure. that was all completely yes. sanctioned and yes. everything was all on the consensual. up and up there, consensual. But okay, the Western good. European part right. with whitey, mm-hmm. uh, non-consensual and rapists and killers and we hate them and that's okay. So you clear on that now? You got that? So clear. <laughs> okay, good. So clear. Good. <laughs> Pretty clearly uh, in springtime right now. And we're at the time when pollen is prevalent. So what does that mean? That means a lot of it's getting into your house. I was just reading an article today that we're becoming an indoor society. Uh, 25% of us don't go outside at all during the course of the day, except like to drive to and from work. You know, when you're getting in your car and then you park and then you go out of your car into the building and then vice versa on the way back. And that's it. That's all the fresh air you get. Wow. And we forget that the air inside our house is a lot more polluted than it is outside. So one of the great things you can do 
to breathe better inside your home is to go to filterby.com, which is America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. They have great custom options. If you have an unusual size of a filter, they'll make one specifically for you. Then they ship all these filters free within 24 hours. It is fast. It's, it's inexpensive, and it's super convenient. I, I love this business, and it's, everything's manufactured right here in America, which makes me love it even more. They have a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade. Do this, and when you do it, when you go to filterby.com, set up auto delivery. You'll save not only do you save 5%, but then you don't have to keep track of when it's time to change your filters again cuz they show up at your door when it's time. Save money, save time and breathe better with filterby.com. That's filterbuy.com. filterby.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Speaking of Bill O'Reilly, as we were on the promo there, interesting story about where he may wind up. He's apparently in negotiations to go back to cable news. Oh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. He's uh, in talks with Newsmax TV. Newsmax is making, you know, yeah. I didn't think that they were this big a player, but man, they are. They've shown up in a lot of places. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. making a huge push. And so it's been... Um, a little over a year, I think, since O'Reilly left Fox, right? Uh, and he was still top-rated, had been for 20 years, and was forced out over all the allegations, which are complicated. And frankly, uh, we we don't we don't believe that he did what he's accused of because there were consensual things happening there. But it's it's a complicated story anyway. Newsmax is going after him, and they want to put him on at eight o'clock, like he used to be. Oh, wow. They're also chasing Greta Van Susteren and Eric Bowling, who were also blown out at Fox. So uh, that's pretty interesting. That could be quite a battle. If Newsmax puts together Bill O'Reilly, uh, Greta Van Susteren, and Eric Bowling for their primetime lineup, that wouldn't be bad. Hmm. Uh, the talks aren't, I guess they're in advanced stages with O'Reilly just getting started with the other ones. Um, but they think O'Reilly, let's see, Greta would be at seven, O'Reilly at eight, Bowling at nine, and then they're talking about former White House spokesman Sean Spicer for 10 o'clock. That's pretty solid. Yeah, that might work. Um, or, you know, it could all fall through. There's been a lot of r- rumors about where Bill's going and what he's going to do. Uh, and, and I think what he's doing right now, just with his own his website thing, is going pretty well. Yeah, and I expect that you'd have to see him back on TV eventually. I mean, has he not assassinated every Well, he's world killed leader? everybody you yeah. possibly can. Like everybody's dead <laughs> yes. that he could write about. <laughs> I mean, you kind of run out of uh, topics. You talk time. about a prolific writer. He used to give Glenn a hard time about how many books he wrote. O'Reilly writes about three a week now, doesn't he? It seems like he's <laughs> always got a book he's hawking. Yeah. And it's interesting because... Other than him and a few select other authors, they're just 
isn't any money in that anymore because nobody sells any books. Dying, dying. Yeah, it's like it's going the way of the newspapers, and uh, and actually popular music sales because popular music sales are in the tank as well. Yeah, just a different world, boy. It's it's just changed so much. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Much more territory to cover, and we'll get to it. Coming up on Pat Gray Unleashed. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, Pat Gray unleashed. That's kind of interesting. Uh, we were just uh, watching uh, one of the news feeds, and they were talking about Gina Haspel, the CIA director nominee from uh, President Trump, and I, I think a really good nominee. Mm-hmm. But she is now kind of disavowing the whole enhanced interrogation. So she says, "In hindsight, we shouldn't have done it, and she wouldn't do it again." Kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Democrats, what, what's their problem with her? Stop it. Are, is it because she's a woman? Whoa. Wow, are you guys sexist, misogynist, hate mongers, mongering in hatred for women? Sounds like they don't want a woman in a leadership role. Doesn't it sound like they're mongering in hate? Mongering in hate and sexism. <laughs> sexism. Every kind of ism is happening right here. Huh. And by the way, here it is again. Another Republican nominating a woman. How many times have, I mean, just a few that we can think of, first females. Uh, These are the ones that got positions, through, right? Right. Jean Kirkpatrick, mm-hmm. UN ambassador from Ronald Reagan time. Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, the first female Supreme Court justice. Ronald Reagan, a Republican. Uh, Jeanette Rankin, congresswoman from Montana, Republican. 1916. Wow. And of course now Gina Haspeth. Um, who may become the director of the CIA, or, you know, who knows, she may not. It's interesting, though, that she's kind of disavowing this because uh, Dick Cheney's on the other side of that issue. What I like about Dick Cheney is he's so no-nonsense, no he doesn't care <laughs> what, the, what the media thinks of him. He doesn't care what I, I, even the people think of him. He, I think he just lays it out. Here's what I believe. Take it or leave it. Whatever. He was just interviewed on Fox News about the enhanced interrogation, which of which he was a huge part, if you remember correctly. I think she'd be a great CIA director. Uh, I don't know her personally. I hear good things about her from the people at the agency. And uh, I think she's done a, a great job in terms of the career she's built. And... Uh, the people I know at the agency are very enthusiastic about having one of their own, so to speak, uh, in the mm-hmm. uh, in the driver's seat at the CIA. Okay. But aside from that, she's got a distinguished career, 
uh, in the clandestine service. Clandestine. Um, she's done difficult jobs uh, and done them very well. Okay. I think the Democrats uh, are trying to find some way to vote against her, but it's hard. And in the end, I think she'll be confirmed. We've had 17 years now to digest what took place after 9-11. Right. And of course, much has been made about the torture programs and the interrogation programs. You've been vocal about this, that at the time, this was the right thing to do, correct? Right. Yeah, I, uh, I've been very vocal about it. I believed in it. I was heavily involved in getting it set up uh, and um, getting the opinion out of the Justice Department. On Who does that? Who admits that? Nobody. Nobody. Because, you know, history's kind of being re- rewritten right now. Like that was the wrong thing to do. Like you were terrible people for doing that. Well, it saved who knows how many lives. How many American lives were saved by enhanced interrogation techniques? We'll never know for sure, but you know it's a lot. How far we could go. I'm not one of those people who calls it torture. An awful lot of people do. Thank you. But uh, it wasn't. It was uh, set up in a way that what we did was, in fact, uh, consistent with our fundamental statutes and and agreements that were in place. Okay. And uh, and it worked. We were able... And it worked. uh, Waterboarding was applied, actually, to only three individuals. One of those was Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of 9-11. Do you remember how surprising that was, too? Because they were making such a big deal out of waterboarding over and over and over, yelling about how we're torturing people. This is un-American. We can't do this. This is It's against the Constitution. It's against our values and principles. It's against everything we've ever stood for. And it happened to three people. Three. Now, if it's torture, which I don't think it is, that's too many. That's three too many. But still, they acted like... You know, we were torturing cabbies just for the hell of it. (laughs) We walked into Starbucks and waterboarded baristas there just to find out what their favorite flavor was. Well, Uh, I mean, you have to buy something first. You can't take them to the bathroom and start torturing them under the sink without buying something first. Well, we're Americans. We can do whatever we want. Uh, And there was more from Gene. And uh, later on, the agency produced a study. I had a the title of it. I think the study itself is still classified. But the title was uh, uh, KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, preeminent source on Al Qaeda. Mm. He's the guy who got waterboarded more than anybody else. Uh, I think uh, what we did to help ultimately produce the intelligence we needed to be able to get uh, bin Laden. Right. And uh, so right. I supported it wholeheartedly. Uh, I still do to this day prepared to, to defend it and debate it and argue it. Um, this was a period of time when we had been uh, attacked, lost 3,000 people. We lost yep. more people on 9-11 than we lost at Pearl Harbor. That's Is what, it the right move to discontinue those programs today? If it were my call, I would not discontinue those programs. I'd have them active and ready to go. Jeez. And uh, I'd go back and study them and learn. Uh-huh. Uh, the agency's in a difficult position. Uh, the Congress has acted, they have changed the law, uh, and the agency has to and will operate by that statute. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of Monday morning quarterbacks in the terrorism business. And uh, people who, you know, if they really had to make the decision, if it was their call, if you know Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is the mastermind behind all of this, if you know he is number two to bin Laden in terms of the attack, if you know he's probably the guy who knows more than anybody else except bin Laden, what's next, what's the next target, 
how many people are they going to kill and how are they going to do it. Um, and then uh, you tell me that uh, the only method we have is please, please, pretty please tell us what you know. Well, I don't buy that. Uh, uh, there's a stand-up guy. Say what you will about Dick Cheney. Maybe you don't like him. But at least the buck stops with him. Mm-hmm. He accepts full responsibility for the decisions he made. And he even goes further and would and said he'd do it again. After all the madness and the hysteria and the chaos in the media since, since it was revealed that waterboarding was going on, I think it's probably turned the tide against waterboarding. And yet, he again, he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. I love it. That's such a rare attitude to take these days which is why you got to stop and kind of marvel at it yeah and and i and during this whole wow. controversy i've tried to explain to my kids what it was like on 9-11 when this was happening you and i were together i yeah. mean we had no idea what mm-hmm. was happening we did not know if you remember and, correctly we, we were at our studio in houston texas doing our morning show and we had this one television set that please don't. didn't work <laughs> because don't. Here's the thing. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, there wasn't a plug nearby, so they couldn't. You, you couldn't. There's no way to get electricity I to mean, it. Look, you just can't plug it in. I mean, <laughs> I mean it just, we, we, had, we, had, we had been working together for about five or six months at that time, and like the entire time, we would sit in the studio and it would so be this, like, "Hey, are we supposed to see breaking news?" Yeah, the when TV it screen That's would why be the TV's off. in here. It was just a off TV, just staring at nothing. And then so that morning, man, our producer who's on the other side of the glass. <laughs> Uh, starts going crazy because he has a working screen in his room and he saw the footage. So we run into there during a, a break and we see the plane run into the World Trade Center tower. And at first, I'll never forget, they thought it was a passenger. It was it was, it was just a Cessna. No, Cessna. Yeah, that it was, was the first Cessna. AP report we read on the air. It said A Cessna yeah. crashed mm-hmm. into... So we thought, okay, some pilot had a heart attack it, or something. Yeah. In addition to that, remember, it was just about a week before that a guy parachuted or something got hung up in the Statue of Liberty. So we thought, oh, right. it was another goofball, whatever. You know? Yeah. Oops. And, you know, it was tragic because obviously somebody got killed in that. Yeah. But then the second plane hit and you knew full well. Now it's now it's terrorism and it's it's on and so it was such a different time mm-hmm. and a different mindset and Americans were genuinely freaked out yeah. and frightened and we had an administration that took the bull by the horns and did something about it. The previous administration wouldn't have done that. Bill Clinton wouldn't wouldn't have done that. Al Gore certainly wouldn't have done that. Fortunately, Bush and Cheney were there, and they were adults. They were big, big people. They put on their big people pants. They manned up, and they did what they thought should be done. You can look at it in twenty twenty hindsight and say, "Yeah, I'm not excited about the invasion of Iraq anymore. I wish we hadn't done that. That really destabilized things. We're still in that region. It, it, that's a an issue that who knows when, if ever, it's going to be resolved. But at the time." We were trying to take out terrorists and terrorist camps and countries that were friendly to terrorists. You might remember Saddam Hussein paid $25,000 to the families of suicide bombers. Every time somebody blew themselves up in a restaurant or on a school bus or in a synagogue or church, $25,000 was forthcoming from Saddam Hussein. Hey, thanks for a job well done. 
So that was the environment at the time. Yeah, I mean, the, the job one that we demanded that the president do at the time was protect this country from more 9-11s from happening. We figured it was going to mm-hmm. keep happening. We right. had the anthrax stuff that followed. We right. had all sorts of scares. And uh, I'm sorry, but that that seemed like the reasonable thing to do at the time to waterboard three guys. And you heard Cheney himself just say, uh, yeah, uh, we actually stopped stuff. And as Cheney points out later in this interview, uh, it worked. Yeah. What they did worked. It protected us from another mass uh, uh, casualty incident in the United States of America. No one has ever said it didn't work. They've no. always said, well, they might give you false information. I'm sorry, but they didn't did they? No, because we prevented a lot of stuff. Uh, thanks to the information provided by Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Yeah, I mean. And by the way, he was supposedly the one that held out the longest under the waterboarding conditions. Uh-huh. I think I've mentioned this before. You know how long that was? It wasn't long at all, was it? 18 seconds. <laughs> what? Yeah. 18 seconds was the average. He actually went 90 seconds, I think it was. Wow. It, it was 90 seconds to three minutes, but it was still a really short amount of time. I you mean, can't really stand oh, up to that. It would have taken longer to shave his back. Remember yes. that? He was the what? hairy guy. <laughs> that would said... take a week and a half to <laughs> shave his back. Golly. Remember that picture? <gasps> He's standing there. Then you could have wall-to-wall back carpeting <laughs> for a 10,000-square-foot mansion. Ooh, boy, <laughs> hindsight. We should have done that. Yeah, that was something else. Was Those, it was a different time. And Cheney stands by what he did then and says he would do it again. And he'd do it today, which is pretty amazing. So whether you agree with that or not, at least the guy is willing to put himself out there and, and uh, accept responsibility for things. Really a rare quality. Mm-hmm. 888-900-3393. Let me tell you about a product I really love. I've become absolutely married to. Uh, it's called Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Finally, uh, gave it a try. I knew it was a vegetable product, so I was hesitant initially. <laughs> I am not Mr. Vegetables. Uh, I am not a health food no, guy. You're Mr. Twitter, not Mr. Vegetables. That's right. Vegetables. That's right. Uh, so this is the only way I really get any kind of decent vegetables in, in my diet, you know, the superfoods that are always talked about, like kale and quinoa and everything that's bitter and disgusting. Mm. And so every scoop of this gives you a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables that are pre and probiotic that boost your immune system, has antioxidant power, and it's not extracted from something. It's actual real food. You just take one scoop and... And put it in eight ounces of water or your favorite smoothie or whatever. And it actually sweetens the drink. It tastes great. And it's really easy. And then you've got vegetables in your diet. You're going to feel better like like I do. Go to BrickHousePat.com. Try Field of Greens. Right now, you can get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com. That's BrickHousePat.com. And uh, Brad, Brad Staggs joins us. Well, and I was going to say, when you when you eat healthy like that, it enables the cartilage and, and everything in your body to grow healthy and strong. Because yes. you need right. fruits and vegetables to grow that cartilage, which, as a matter of fact, is our fun fact of the day. I love these. The cartilage in your nose and your ears mm-hmm. never stops growing. 
how come it doesn't burst out of our skulls? Yeah, right. right? That's mm-hmm. one of the mysteries of the universe is how uh-uh. it just doesn't just poof. Wow. You know, one day just your ear just splats open and there's that cartilage. Well, I'm glad it, glad it doesn't. That'd I be know. like an alien situation. Wouldn't it? It would be nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you, the cartilage in your nose and your ears never stops growing. Your muscles and your bones at puberty stop Stop growing, essentially. You said puberty. I did. I did. It was <laughs> biggest kid in fifth grade. And, but in the, the car, and, and that's just one of those things that, that we never really think yeah, about. Okay. Huh. And you know why we don't think about it? We don't want to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah. your ears are amazing pieces of work. Thank you for noticing. I ears was, and yours amazing. in particular, Pat. Yeah, I've, just, I've always that. been a big admirer of oh, your you ears. General, you know, man. you hadn't brought it up until now, so... Um, uh, well, I, I appreciate the fact that you do acknowledge my ears. No, it's all right. You can hear. I, I got no shame. You can stay here, but we, you do Plus, have there's to nothing to be ashamed of. of. What right. are you saying, Keith? That, yeah. Why are you such a hater, Keith? Right. Oh, there's many. Reasons. Next, you're going to say there's something wrong with having earwax. <laughs> Isn't there though? Yeah, there no. kind of is, and that's why we're getting rid of it with right. the, uh, the use wax RX system. Exactly. See, it just there's some actually our ears would be very very. Um, Automatic, they, they automatically clean themselves if yeah. we leave them alone to their devices, but we don't. Mm. We always mm-hmm. are in there trying to help mm-hmm. with the Q-tips and the, you know, the hearing aids, even if hearing aids, <laughs> that actually oh, makes yeah. the problem worse. So if you don't want the worst problem, as your ears get bigger and bigger with age, if you don't want <laughs> your ears to burst open yeah. and have earwax just all over the walls. Yeah, it'd be gross. Go to usewaxrx.com, use promo code radio for free standard shipping. <laughs> this is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't forget traffic and weather together every four minutes on the threes. That doesn't all work. day to get you it does uh, not to work. work and school on time. It's every four minutes. It can't be on. Oh, the that's threes. right. Every three minutes on the fours. I always get that, that yeah, mixed that up. One, I don't know why. That one works. Why. You know, we were just talking about uh, Dick Cheney being a stand-up guy. I had forgotten <laughs> about this interview. This is pretty awesome. He was talking to uh, is it. Uh, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace mm-hmm. on on Fox News about an incident that had just uh, end. Of course, is it buffering? Yeah. Fidgety Widget just tweeted this at Pat Unleashed. Uh, so thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, um, despite the fact that stuff. I can't play it, maybe we'll get to it in a few minutes. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. That's what happens when you try to do it spur of the moment like All that. Right. I'm going to send this over, and they can play it out of the other room. Uh, John in New York, welcome to the Blaze. Hi, Pat. How are you? Doing good. Okay, I just wanted to comment. You talk about hindsight being twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I just want to give you a first responder's view of nine eleven. Okay, were, were you uh, a nine eleven first responder? First responder. I, I was part of the rescue and recovery oh, wow. uh, groups, wow. and in the early days, like the next day, I was down there. Um, no one ever handled a site like this. Mm-hmm. It was the most toxic site in history, which we weren't misinformed at the time. And those of us who were in law enforcement, cops, court officers, Port Authority cops, correction officers, we all had the terrorist training up until that time that told us that when there was a big catastrophe uh, through terror, mm-hmm. the next target was the responding first responders. 
So everybody working down there was on pins and needles figuring where where the next punch is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I remember and that well. many times we'd be digging on the pile, an alarm would go off. Somebody would see something suspicious, or they'd get a report of uh, something coming in. Mm-hmm. You'd have thousands of guys running to what they believed was safety until the alarm was cleared. So, and I remember going down to the site, sometimes hitching a ride on a fire truck, people holding up signs, we love you, we love you. And I was cynical. You know, I said to my partner, uh, I wonder how long it'll be before somebody wishes that we were in there. And it took about a month before I heard that. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's very easy now. A lot of the people criticizing the actions are in high school now who weren't even around then. Exactly. And people forget how what a time it was, especially in New York, mm-hmm. waiting for the second punch, the third punch. And if they had really planned it out, Maybe 10 or 12 small cells could have done a lot of damage down there. Yeah. You know, you never had a gathering of cops, firemen, court officers, correction officers in one spot at one time. That's, that's like the terrorist ideal. And fortunately, New York City and all the other agencies that helped out to secure that perimeter did a great job because we no didn't have any it. incidents. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, uh, did, we, did you happen to be there when uh, President Bush showed up with a bullhorn? Yes, were you, were you I, I was there. I was there wow. um, that day. I was also another guy who doesn't get the credit or memories fade is Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, yeah. Rudy would go down to that site with dignitaries from Russia, with George Pataki, take them a view of the devastation. That night, he hit three, four, five funerals. I don't know where he got the strength or the stamina to do that. And he had the greatest quote right after the tragedy happened. Because my brother, who was also a first responder, and he was a transit cop, told me that they had ordered 60,000 body bags because they really didn't mm. know how many people perished. Yeah. The numbers kept going down as the months went by. But initially, they were prepared for the worst. So they were prepared to find as many as 60,000 people in there. And when asked how many people perished, Rudy Giuliani said to the press, was the night it happened, no matter what the number, it's more than we can bear. I thought that was an amazing um, yeah. statement. It sure was, was so proper. And, you know, everybody likes to throw rocks at him, But you know something? I don't think anybody could have handled the city and that catastrophe the way that he did as well. Yeah, he was fantastic at the time. Uh, well, thank you, uh, John, and, and thanks for all you did and all you've done. Appreciate that. Well, people did a lot more, and the, and the people, not only who died that day, there's a lot of fellas dying each and every day from the effects of working down there. Mm. Yeah, and we, we forget about that. Thanks for the call. Um, I, I do remember that feeling of, wow, we have changed forever. Mm-hmm. This is going to change this country and the way we deal with each other forever. And, you know, we were close. It lasted about a month, like John said. And then we were right back to bickering and divisiveness. I honestly remember it was about two and a half weeks when uh, Tom Daschle who was in charge of the Senate at the time, was saying, well, when are we going to attack? When are we going to go and attack them? Really? Come on, man. Yeah. 
It's, uh, I mean, it happened so quickly. The, the fact that we were all together as Americans, we loved each other, we treated each other better, differently, we didn't take things for granted for a while, and then four <laughs> weeks later, we're right back to yeah, business it, as usual. It did not last long. Um, but we were trying to show what kind of guy Dick Cheney is, because uh, he was talking to uh, Maria Bartiromo about, about waterboarding, and he stands by that. Remember this little clip when he was with Chris Wallace. Check this out. Uh, did you really tell Senator Leahy bleep yourself? I did. <laughs> Any qualms or second thoughts or embarrassment? No, I thought he merited it at the time. <laughs> and uh, we've since, I think, uh, patched over that wound and uh, we're civil to one another now. That's incredible. So stand up. No one admits to that. Nobody. This president who, you know, we all, uh, I guess, appreciated the fact that he speaks his mind every time he's been pushed on something like this. I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that thing about the African countries. No, I didn't say that about him. I, no, I didn't say that. Dick Cheney. Yes. Yeah, I said go F yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you regret that? No. I thought he warranted it at the, at the time. <laughs> The buck stops here with Dick Cheney. That's fantastic. Uh, 888-900-3393. We haven't even scratched the surface of the stuff we've got uh, to share with you today. But something I'm pretty excited about coming up on Chewing the Fat with Jeffy in a few minutes. There's a new movie coming out called Bohemian Rhapsody about the life and times of Queen. And in particular, Freddie Mercury. Should be fascinating if you're a Queen fan. And we've got the first trailer for that movie coming up next. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, so does Jeffy, as it is time now to chew the fat with Jeffy. And, uh, you know, happy Tuesday. It's a good day here at the Blaze Radio Network, and it's also a National Chocolate Chip Day. So, um. What? I'm getting a little tiring me coming in here saying what days it is, and we're not having Mm -hmm. any food to uh, Mm -hmm. represent. uh, Oh, you know what happened, uh, actually? Um, I convinced oh Sarah Sullivan to make some stuff, uh, who runs the board for the Glenn Beck program. She brought them in, and I'm just now realizing she, she didn't share any with you because you're you. Yeah, no, she And so me. they're in the fridge if you want to go and get some. Yeah, they're very she, good, little yeah, chocolate chip bars. Nah, I'm not eating anything Sarah made, especially if she's for me. That's true. You need a food tester. <laughs> you're right. Good point. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Tom Wolf. You know, remember him, the white-suited wizard of new journalism. Mr. Uh, uh, white you Wizard. Yeah, the White Suited Wizard. Yeah. Bonfire of the Vanities, The okay. Right Stuff. Yeah. Mr. New York Author, Mr. Big Shot. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's dead. 88. Yeah, a, have a nice day. What did he die of? I'm counting it. 88. <laughs> he died of 88. <laughs> Complications of being 88. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I don't know about you, Pat. And well, I do know about you. 
So uh, let me rephrase that. Okay. Uh, I know that I'm not alone when I'm saying I'm counting the days until the royal wedding. Oh. I mean. Man. Uh, come on. Excitement? Uh, yes. You bet. This Saturday, baby. I heard my daughters talking about it the other 1 day. 1 p.m. Like, you didn't spring from my loins if you're excited about it. 1 the p.m. Royal no, that's wedding. probably going to be about 7 p.m. our time. <laughs> right? Something like that. They're about six hours ahead of us. Yeah. Something like that. So we'll be able to catch. Some of that Saturday, early Saturday evening. I mean, I am. Uh, I'm all the time. I am excited. And it's right after the wedding, they're going to you know, take the ride in the carriage wow. around. Wow. So and then they're going to meet, the, meet yeah. the guests that they've got. Wow. And you, uh, they've already posted. They've already, they're giving special little hints. Are, why are you still talking about this? <laughs> because I want you to see the fresh Sicilian lemons delivered by... Fruit and vegetable merchants uh, in East London, they're preparing the elderflower, the lemon elderflower cake uh, for their wedding. And, uh, I mean, anticipation is unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) The excitement level in this room. Off the charts. I I, I don't know why I'm fascinated because it's just they talk about – the day of the wedding has fallen very kindly for us because we're able mm-hmm. to have fresh vegetables from the garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really amazing. I it's really amazing. Couldn't care less. I know, and it's it's, care it's, less. it's it's absolutely amazing to me. Like you said, your daughters. Uh, I mm-hmm. I got done. I just talked to someone outside because I was saying I've been counting the days of the royal wedding. Me too. You know, I grew up with those guys, mm-hmm. and I love their mother, and I really. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you kidding me? I love ceremonial monarchs. It's just really exciting. That's your thing. I know. Mm -hmm. Speaking of ceremonial uh, monarchs, uh, Facebook has uh, just published for the first time the report with uh, the internal statistics about its uh, enforcement efforts to combat violations of its new content standards. And good for them. Mm -hmm. Good for them. Because, look, I'm excited for them and for you and the safety of you because... You know, good. They've disabled about 500 and think of this, 583 million fake accounts Mm -hmm. uh, disabled within minutes of registration. But um, the good thing is here is that some of this, like the 837 million pieces of spam that uh, were flagged, um, they this is gone. We've taken care of that already. And you know what the good thing is? They took care of it before anyone even reported it. So you don't even have to report it anymore. They took down uh, applied warning labels of 3.5 million pieces of violent content. Um, 86% of that was identified by the technology. People didn't even have to complain. You don't even have to complain anymore. Facebook is taking care of it for you. That's what I'm happy about. Just like, um, you know, they removed 2.5 million pieces of hate speech. Eh, almost half of that was just flagged before anyone even complained about it. They said, hey, that's, that we, we're saying that is hate speech. And we're, it's going well, we're not. Never An algorithm is saying. Yes. Well, That's, Facebook. Which is Facebook great. Is, yes. Yes. Oh. A Facebook algorithm. Yes. And good for them. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Because I don't even want to. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't want to have to decide. Yeah, right. Right. I don't want to have to decide if something is hate speech or uh-huh. or bad. or. No, you want that decided for you. Thank you, mm-hmm. Pat Gray. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And they're you... doing that for us. They haven't quite got it down yet, though. They're still working on that. Are they're they? still working on the hate speech algorithm. Okay. Yeah. They're only, you know, I said it was almost half. It's still under half. They've got to get that better than that. Mm. So they're 
Okay. It's just around the corner. I heard you tease the uh, Robbie Malik uh, Queen trailer. I watched it a couple of times already this morning. We'll play it here on the Blaze Television for those of you watching on Blaze TV, and you can obviously listen on Blaze Radio. He does such a great job uh, playing Freddie Mercury. He said in an interview, uh, I thought when I got the part, uh, this could be a career-defining performance. And then I thought, this could be a career killer if I don't get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. And it uh, looks like they got it right. It opens in November, but uh, they released this trailer uh, just yesterday. And uh, here it is with Robbie Malik from uh, Mr. Robot. I know that you, uh, that's a kind of a big guy show, so you don't necessarily watch that show. No. Pat. He's a new star from Mr. Robot okay. taking on Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. in Bohemian Rhapsody. the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Mamma mia, mamma mia. Mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. For me. For me. It goes on forever, six bloody minutes. I pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. Brilliant. <laughs> I know. That looks it tremendous. Sure does. Wow, it does. Uh, that it looks sure does. fantastic. That looks really good. And I don't say that about trailers, man. That looks awesome. Yeah. Well, and they're such a fascinating story. Yes. He was such an innovator. With with Bohemian Rhapsody, one of the weirdest songs of all time. Right. You would not think that would work. And it was genius. Right. I mean, well, that was his deal, right? This other genius. The apparatus. Is- yeah. And, and at the time, uh, radio stations all thought you couldn't. You couldn't have a song longer than about three and a half minutes. If it was four minutes, it was probably too long. Because you got to get in your 26 minutes of commercials every hour. <laughs> and you got to play more than one song between breaks. You have to, yeah. So six minutes back in that day was a lot, even though, you know, and it shows how short sighted program directors were, because there was great music being produced yeah. that was much longer than three and a half minutes i mean you had hey jude which went on for seven minutes you had stairway to heaven that only fm stations played because it went on for seven or eight minutes you had bohemian rhapsody and american pie and all those songs right and you oh, american pie, i forgot about that not but... play them based on their length stupid I mean, American Pie, stupid. they cut in half, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, a lot of yeah, the songs they, put they did. Si- they, they put the first part of the song on one side. and Nobody ever knew the back half. You turn it around on the 45, there's part two. <laughs> Nobody ever knew. I mean, they did that with a lot of those songs. Though. Yeah, they did. It's like, that song yeah. is how long on the album? Yeah. Um, it looks fascinating. And, you know, don't forget, he, he had, uh, you know, that the AIDS show where he was, uh, where they pretty much, uh, uh, you know, they made themselves known again 
and stamped his stamp of approval of Queen when uh-huh. he did the AIDS show because that concert was solidified Freddie Mercury. They were nervous, and he came out and put on the show of his life. Yeah, and uh, brought them back. I mean, I know that I just saw a little special on it because he was, you know, that show had people watching it all around the world in stadiums. You know, so uh, there were crowds watching it. Not they were watching it live on a screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they made a big deal about how Freddie had made the world. He made the world sing because uh, when he had the when he had when he was having them uh, uh, copy him, uh, the other, all the other stadiums around the world were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it was making the world sing. I mean, he solidified himself in uh, in folklore with that concert for sure. I read a thing on him once where he slept with fifteen thousand people. He claims to have slept with fifteen thousand. It's a lot. Both men and women. That's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot. I mean, that's you're a lot. Pushed them some, some some numbers there. Yeah, but some of the <laughs> a lot. some of the nights may you know some of the nights you're looking at you know a full room, so <laughs> it's not like he one was, person at a time. He was quite a character. Yeah, and a genius. And uh, and you know Brian uh, did was Brian May consulted on this? Do you know? I do not. Know the rest that. of Queen. I hope so because you know you'd like to hope get the they real deal. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I about I about whether Queen had variety, any input on yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah, it just talks about who plays them. It doesn't say anything. Okay, about they were consulted. Uh, it's very possible that they were, though, right? I mean, they were. You would think they've they would. been pretty. Yeah, they've been pretty vocal on keeping Freddie's. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> the way Freddie's yeah. life pretty loyal uh, on their to own. Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very loyal, and and you know as well they should be. Gosh darn it! I mean, he did it. Did pretty good for them. Yeah. <laughs> did pretty good yeah, for them. Yeah, uh, Good news from Uber. Uh, they released uh, plans to test flying the taxi service uh, here in Texas. Going to launch within five years. They're looking at 2020. The uh, Vertiport Uber Air uh, is coming. They've just got uh, you know some drawings of what they expect to have it uh, going. But uh, either it's going to be uh, move people uh, to Frisco with much more with much more ease. And uh, Uber Texas, they're going to be flying helicopters around, Ubering people around the Metroplex. Yeah, they're testing them here. Good luck. God That's bless. Awesome. Yeah. That's uh, so cool. I, you know, I, I say good. I'm all for it. Uh, I really am. Uh, I won't be one of the test people. I hope, that, uh, I hope that they can uh, uh, deliver people safely. Mm-hmm. I want them to do it fast. And uh, by the way, as long as they're flying over my house, drop my Amazon package in my yard, would you? <laughs> Uh, let's just get that going, please. Yeah, when are we going nice. to see those? I drones, don't know. Man. I know they've been fighting the FAA over that for a while for the for the drone deliveries. So if they're going to let be letting Uber having taxis, we're going to have drones flying around too. Let's go. Let's bring get it. Crowded above our heads. A little. I know. I know. And one of the problems with the Uber taxis, you say you won't be on that flight. Um, I would be happy to be on that flight, but I have a feeling that there's. I think you should be on that flight. I think there. I have a feeling that um, there's. It's possible, like a weight, a weight limit. Limit. Well, I was thinking more of the of a, of a seat seating issue and a weight limit. Uh, and sure. I wasn't thinking about a weight. I was thinking more of a seating issue. You know, sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. um, rides have smaller seats than you anticipate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you just can't fit in them I comfortably. You'd you'd have, you'd have problems fitting into a DC ten. So <laughs> no, the past I'd say I there have. might be an issue. In yeah. The past there might I be have. an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <In> the past <laughs> I have. At least you're man enough to admit that. You know, that was an issue. I mean that was the whole seatbelt thing. I got it. I understand. At least you know at least I wasn't bringing my my uh my little horse on board with right. me. 
Or sugar glider. Uh, and we all you. appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, mm-hmm. I know people that need their help. I've watched specials. Mm-hmm. I watched a special not long ago about some girl that, you know, turned her life around because of her horse. And went, <laughs> because of the and horse? Yeah, because of the horse. And the horse went yeah. everywhere with her and guided her everywhere and helped her through it all. And, okay. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, it's her little miniature horse that mm-hmm. goes everywhere with her. You know, bless her heart. Yeah. But I don't want it. But in, you don't want it on a flight. I don't want it in uh, seat CA right in front of me. No. I just don't. And at least American Airlines uh, rule is it must fit under your seat or on your lap. Because it can't yeah, take up not. another seat, and it can't right. be in the in the. Unless aisle. you bought a, a seat, though, right? I mean, if you bought another seat, maybe uh, you know. yeah, I don't know if they allow animals to sit in the seats. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's if I bought two tickets, why can't, why can't little Lucy, my my show horse, sit next to me? <laughs> Good. Grief. If you've trained it to sit for a three-hour flight, yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, see, but uh, you know, I, you, I don't know the rule. And they have the horses. While while they walk around with their little, um, with their little behind leg sacks, the poop bag. Yeah. Okay. It's still not closed. That's true. Yeah, it would be so, smelly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't feed a beano. We learned that from the <laughs> show Seinfeld. You'll recall. Mm-hmm. Rusty. I mean, I've cleaned horse stalls before. Have you? I don't want to clean it in an, in an airliner. No. I do not at all. Uh, I also a Florida man uh, behind uh, 100 million robocalls hit with a huge FCC fine. Good. Uh, they're fining him uh, $120 million and uh, deemed it uh, a threat to uh, public safety. He uh, had almost 100 million robocalls over a three-month period at the end of 2016. The operation made the phony calls to trick consumers into answering and listening to his advertising messages. The final 80,000 was worth they verified on spoofed calls from him for getting people to listen to his uh, commercials. And his fine is $120 million. He said that, uh, oh, I had no intent to defraud or cause harm or wrongfully obtain anything of value. These robocalls, I just wanted to, you know, have people listen to the commercials. Right. Sure. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why your, uh, your robocall machine... Posted the wrong numbers, uh, local numbers. He he developed he developed a system so that whatever area code you were in, that's the area code that would show up on your phone when they called. So you'd pick it up and it'd be the robocall oh, sent wow. to the ad. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, good for him. Hopefully he made more than the one hundred and twenty million dollar fine. Wow. Mm-hmm. But and he probably did. Right. I mean, that's they're finding one hundred and twenty million. You're probably walking away with. Couple of million anyway. I don't know. Maybe. No, no, no. Maybe. I, I, I don't know either. And uh, good luck to California too. They're looking to. Uh, I don't know if you had seen the uh, the new Three California initiative. Uh, looks good. Uh, North, yeah, where they're going to split the state into three: North California, California New, and South California. Oh, that's what we need more California. Right. <laughs> right. And look, they're getting people. They they uh, they've got the they've got the the signatures. So they might be able to make the decision in the fall. They could at least vote on it, I yeah. think. But yeah. I don't know if they're going to put it to a referendum. but Or if the referendum would be binding. Well, then they have to send it to Congress. Constitutionally, right. I, I don't know that they could do that. Now, Texas can. 
The, the thing used to be that Texas is the only state in the union that can secede from the union uh, legally. That's not true. But what Texas can do is split into five states. Oh, wow. Well, this says- That was in our agreement when we came into the union. So I don't think California has anything similar to that. But it's, uh, this, this says that uh, we'll transfer the notice, you know, if it was approved, that uh, if the notice to, uh, for state approval to Congress, which will then have to ratify the creation of the new three states. Mm-hmm. I would say just let them become new countries and say be done with them. Mm-hmm. California. Yeah. Bye-bye. You're your own country. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. Yeah. God bless you. Take care. Yeah. Take care. It's all good. We'll I, see. It'll be interesting to see if they vote for, in favor of that because I, I can't imagine they would. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't either. That's too much. But of I've a been fight. surprised at every vote in the last ten years. <laughs> so maybe it's well, a done deal. They're going to split uh, into three. All I know yeah. is the, all I know is I see the one Beto O'Rourke sign is still in my neighborhood. So <laughs> he's got one oh, vote coming. The it's, Irish American man with the Hispanic nickname yes. in Texas. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. All right, let me tell you about uh, uh, real estate agents I trust. You know, we're speaking of uh, California and. Housing prices there. Ooh. I mean, you can get like a thousand Ooh. square feet for probably not much more than one point two million dollars. Oh, but you're, be you're, bad not, at you're all. not walking away for, for under two for that. No, <laughs> I mean it's a thousand square feet. Right, it's going to cost you. Now, if you've got a realtor that uh, doesn't know what they're doing, or you just don't click with. There is something you could do about this. Glenn and Tanya went through that years ago, and they didn't want you to have to go through it too. They didn't want you to have to. Wait for months or years to sell your home and then lose a bunch of money on it like they did. So they've developed a network of over 1,200 agents across America that are rigorously qualified by Glenn's team based on experience, marketing plans, their character, and what kind of results do they get for their clients. Those are the barometers they use, and that's really important. But so is the fact that these are all fans of the show, so they've got that in common with you. You're going to hit it off. Right away. So if you're trying to sell your house, obviously you want to sell it quick and you want to get the most money out of it. You want to make some money and then maybe you need to turn around and buy a a home afterward. Go to Real Estate Agents I Trust. We'll introduce you to the best agent in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Here. Uh, we were just talking about the Queen movie called uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, found this article about uh, about the movie. Apparently, uh, Brian May is in on it. Yeah. So the surviving members of Queen um, are in. He said, uh, Brian May said, we're finally seeing it coming to fruition, although I can't say too much about it. Eight years we've been working on getting it off the ground. Roger and I, to some extent against our will, have hung in there for all this time. But finally, we've arrived at a place where we have the right director, right script, and we feel good about it. So it's that's interesting. Queen has signed off on this. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they end up really portraying Freddie Mercury Mm -hmm. in the film overall. Yeah, because I mean they were a big, uh, big roadblock. 
uh, and that's the roadblock. They were a, a screen, you know, a wall of mm-hmm. of keeping people away from Freddie and denying his illness for a long time, yeah. up until you know, up up until his, for sure his death. Uh, and that maybe was even a, a little after. It's a different time. You know, so people didn't like to talk about the fact that somebody had AIDS. At the, you know, That's I, they true. probably still don't, but it's it's a little different no, mindset it now. It is. It is a lot different. I mean, Magic Johnson <laughs> yeah. had the news conference of quitting professional basketball. Right. Uh, May went on to say, we're very conscious that we get one shot. And if we don't do it, someone else will do it badly. We'll do it without avoiding anything. Any aspect of Freddie. How about that? So they're going to supposedly... Okay tell the full truth good uh, yeah well, that's what i want but we'll try to keep it all in balance i think if we get it right it will crystallize the way the world understands freddie mercury i mean such a great band and yes in a band that has stood the test it of sure time has. i i find you know certainly my kids are queen fans oh mine too my, my are they my kids love them yeah i think young people in general love queen yeah which is interesting because they don't generally like music from that time period. <laughs> I yeah, I don't generally like music from that time period. But and Queen transcends yeah. absolutely sure all do. decades yeah. I mean, and I, time periods. I don't play they? them for my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Queen song? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Probably another one bites the dust. The, the, the original hits. Um, Although every time you hear Bohemian Rhapsody, no, I mean it's, it's just classic. Genius. I know. I it's know. Just, they they've never made anything like it. I know. Uh, I mean that's why they even they even gave you the line in the in the trailer, right? I mean, yeah, that's where the operatic system goes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'd say Killer Queen is probably my favorite. Yeah, that's pretty good. Too. Followed They're by Bohemian so good. Rhapsody. Yeah, so great though, so great. Well, you can go down the hits with them, no question. Oh yeah, another one bites the dust after the eighty nine. I know, I know, I know, but I, I can remember. I personally can that. remember hearing it for the first time. Yeah, and hearing that album for the first it's time. Great, it was the first time. So great, for sure. More Pat Gray Unleashed, just around the corner. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 or at Pat Unleashed, uh, where you can uh, tweet us on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Use hashtag put that in your pipe, please. Uh, GD Chapel writes, back hair, earwax, and stinky airline passengers, all leading up to chewing the fat with Jeffy. <laughs> Yes, well said. Yeah, it is. Uh, also, Obama is from Ken Sloat. Obama is quick to take credit for capturing bin Laden, but will will he be as quick to defend the interrogation methods that led to his capture? Absolutely not. Uh, and this from Sabes84. Yeah, Sabes84 says, Thank you. Have been a pretty faithful Rush listener for years, but the Blaze radio lineup uh, and Dana... Successfully drawn me away. I Thank love that. You. I love that. Thank you, Saves. Uh, we'll take it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We were talking earlier about the situation in Israel and how much flack they're getting, and and I, and I mentioned that the Palestinians themselves have to accept 
a good portion of blame here. They're coming to the border. They're throwing Molotov cocktails, firebombs, in some cases shooting at the Israeli soldiers, throwing rocks. It's a violent protest. They're not coming there and, uh, you know, joining hands with the Israelis and, and singing pleasant air supply songs. That's, that's not what's going on here. <laughs> and in some, you know, so yesterday they had a baby that died from tear gas inhalation. Mm. Why was the why was the baby close enough to be hit with tear gas? What are you doing with the baby at that protest? And I was talking about the fact that, and it's there's documentation of this, video documentation where they have faked deaths, they fake bodies, they're carrying people around on stretchers for the cameras, and then the person jumps up off the uh, off the stretcher and he's fine. Uh, they use old bodies. They do all kinds of things to make Israel look bad. In fact, we just... Is this from this recent? Yes. We have an, an injured Palestinian. Take a look at this. On crutches. Mm. Okay, there he is. Oh, hobbling no. along. Wait. Oh, whoa. And now he's... Whoa. Oh, now he's running and skipping. And now he's running. He's looking like he's... <laughs> what is happening? It's... What? Wait. <laughs> he's been... Hailed, my friends. Um, put your hands on the radio and say you believe in miracles. Oh, man. There is proof positive um, of a miracle right there. He's just fine. I mean, yeah. that's that's he, miraculous. It, it, he's faking it. He's faking like, yeah, yeah I was uh, these Israeli soldiers. Yeah. So who do I throw the rock at next? Injured me badly, and now I'm on crutches. Well, wait. I'm completely healed. Amazing. So that was definitely qualifies as a miracle. Someone on Twitter pointed out, right? There's a, another one here too with oh. a with a pastor in East Jordan, Michigan. Oh, uh, he had a stop motion camera for what purpose I I don't know, but it's pointed towards his truck, and above the truck is some sort of phenomenon that he says is an angel. Of course. What else would it be? Uh, Look he, at that thing. So the there it is, right there. That's an angel. And yeah, you see the wings and the yeah. sort of the head. blurry head pictured. Yeah. I mean, maybe just, is he sitting sort of on top of the truck? Or hovering above or standing on the standing truck? Standing on the truck. I mean, I don't know how much an angel weighs, but, but boy. But when they saw the picture that the uh, the motion sensor the, the motion sensor camera took, as mm-hmm. soon as he saw it, he said, I said, that's an angel. And I was just blown away. I don't know any other According to Glenn Thorman. Uh, he said, I couldn't wait to send it to my wife and send it to Daniil. Uh, and I said, I got an angel, and my camera took a picture of an angel. There you have it. It's There you go. Th- so I mean, I don't know what else. It's, well, it could be a moth. Nuh-uh. Big moth. What are you but doing, a moth, sir? <laughs> it is clearly an angel, an angel right. sent from You're heaven right. to stand on top of a guy's pickup truck. Mm-hmm. It, yes. Okay. So put that <laughs> in your pipe. So we accidentally tricked the angel into being photographed or something. I, I don't know. Sucker. Like no angel knew that there was a motion sensitive camera there and they were fine with being, maybe they were just fine with being photographed at that particular time. I don't know. I don't know. Who are we to judge? Exactly right. I'm, I'm not an angel expert. So no, I don't. No, you're not. I so don't, don't pretend to be one. I, I'm not. Okay? I'm not going to say it's a moth either. I'm going to say it's an angel. Well, he said it was an angel, so it's an angel. We're done. He's a pastor. He knows. Mm-hmm. All right. 888-900-3393. Uh, let's go to Chris in Alabama. Chris, you're on the blaze. Hi. Pat. Hey. Steve. What's mm-hmm. up? What's you are. On, first of all, for you two guys, roll tide. 
<laughs> and I just want to know how Jesse's favorite Queen song can be anything other than Fat Bottom Girls. Make the rockin' world go <laughs> Darn right. That's a darn good point. Uh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, buddy. That's good. That's a thinking man's joke right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a strange song because there was a lot of controversy about it. it. Even back in 1978, really? people were upset about the fact that it was about fat bottom girls. <laughs> that is sexist and so terrible. We are not playing that. Wow, <laughs> it was that was a weird single though because it was they coupled it with Bicycle Race. Do you know that Queen song? <laughs> and and then sometimes if you're like if you had a lot of time to play a long song, <laughs> it would be Fat Bottom Girls into Bicycle Race and last about I don't know eighty minutes or something. Wow, that's yeah, a, that's a long time. It's a long song. Yeah, for the <laughs> yes, DJ. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh. We also have some more Alex Jones to share with you today. <laughs> Alex is back in the news because now yesterday we played his rant about Glenn and Ben Shapiro, which was so bizarre. Really weird. So bizarre. He's going to be all up in their business, son. Uh, ooh, <laughs> scary. Because you know what happens when he's up in your business? You're not in business very long. <laughs> hmm. Apparently, there's a moratorium imposed by Alex Jones on any talk show host moving to Texas. And if they do move to Texas, somehow, that's a violation of his territory. (laughs) I didn't know this. I I I didn't know it until yesterday. We should have done some research before we moved here. Right? I am so sorry. Because we also are Texas interlopers. We moved here from, from, well, we worked in New York, but I lived in Connecticut. You were in Pennsylvania, was it? New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but yesterday, Alex Jones tried to storm the Google Fiber offices <laughs> in Austin, which, uh, here's what happened. He entered the building and started babbling about a big AI super machine before being asked to leave <laughs> by Google Fi- Fiber uh, staff and, well, the police. He's apparently pretty well known in the city because he does this kind of weird stuff and and lives there and he's done it before and he brought some sidekick with him that nobody knew who that was. Uh, but he streamed footage of the encounter on Periscope and he said he was storming the Google Fiber offices and then he also at one point rolled around on a wall of plants in the <laughs> Chick, building. Watch this thing. We got the video. Oh, man. we do have the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought oh, I didn't I, know we had the video. I thought that was like the longest setup of all time. <laughs> oh my god. And gosh. it was Milo that was with him that no the guy didn't know who he was. This is funny stuff. Can we well, play so Milo this? he's this says yeah. it was Milo an intern with him. Is this isn't Milo Yapanopoulos, oh, is it? No. Okay, I thought I think it was. it's just some random intern named Milo. But okay. anyway. Yeah, it, it, is, is, it is it is Milo okay. Yapanopoulos? Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, here's uh, Alex Jones yeah. at the Google offices. Yeah, it really. Google has wonderful. patents 15 years ago where they watch us at home, and I think I just thought I would come and see the big AI guy. Well, then you should go to the Google office and see how they like it. This is Google Fiber. I know. Is it Google Fiber part of Google? It's part of Alphabet, which is the parent company. Alphabet is the parent company of Google. This is this, that's a tax dodge, right? That's to avoid lots of taxes. Who's your friend? I don't keep up with you. He's Milo. Uh, I don't keep up. 
He knows who Milo is. He's a famous band person on the internet. Yeah. He's a non-human. Yeah, I'm one of the people, How's it going, brother? people you've been uh, demonetizing. God bless you, brother. What's your name? Rahul. Nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Rahul, nice to see you. Well, we appreciate you. No, we noticed the little community center was closed right next door. So we came to visit you. And look at the cherry blossoms. Oh, it's lovely. Look, the AI presented that to us. Seriously. <laughs> I appreciate you guys taking time out to talk to us. Hang on, sir. I'm out and, and we're just here to visit the AI God. Did you know 20 years ago when they founded Google, or about 20 years ago, they said it was a plan of the NSA to create a huge artificial intelligence program. I think they've actually done it. And so my friend Milo and I are here before humans are phased out. You know, Elon Musk talks about the decisions that made to get rid of us. We just thought we would actually come and look at this wall. Is that real? Is that real plants? They can grow it now. Is that a real wall? Oh my god. Ah, ah, Google, I love you. Ah. <laughs> issues. <laughs> is, issues. Issues. That's some weird stuff. He is. What was the point of that? Uh, so he, I think, he expected Google? some bad confrontation and he got greeted with uh-huh. normal human beings, yeah. of which he is not. So. That was fun. First of all, he's not in a Google office where they where they uh, work on or develop the AI. That's in Silicon Valley. That's not in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I mean, and then the wall of plants thing was just... You can't expect a man to be everywhere. I mean, he just got back from Cisco, <laughs> right? So, um, oh, that's right. He was going to go up to and... Cisco to talk to the Cisco kid about uh, Ben Shapiro. I don't understand any i don't think that was that didn't look like milo yapanopoulos i don't know, I, I don't know. but i think it was though. eventually somebody called the police and the police escorted him out of the building and so uh, i i don't know what cons- obviously he has some kind of conspiracy thing going on with what's happening at that google place at the google fiber about ai super machines of course i mean you're not in on it are you oh no Oh, no. Pat's in on this. Well, I'm, I work for the CIA uh, because, you know, here I am in Glenn Beck's empire. And Glenn Beck, of course, is a CIA operative, uh, as he has noted many, many times. <laughs> so is Popular Mechanics, by the way, because they debunked his 9-11 truther theory. And when they did that and everybody said, you know what, um, experts like uh, Popular Mechanics have debunked what you said about steel not melting um, and about how this building came down? Well, of course you did. They, they, they're, uh, they're, they're an appendage of the CIA. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Should have known that. Well, you got me on that one then. 888-900-3393. Uh, let me tell you about uh, personal training with your firearm in your home. Something that would not have been a good idea uh, a while ago. But now that iTarget Pro has revolutionized firearm training, you can actually train with your personal firearm in your home without shooting bullets through your walls or your couches or anything. This system, the iTarget Pro system, utilizes your smartphone and then their app and a laser in place of a bullet. So the laser detects exactly where your shots are landing on the target. It is awesome. So cool. This is such a great system. You're going to absolutely love this. So you can practice at home. 
where, you know, it matters most, where you might have to defend yourself and your family. You test different angles, you maximize your tactical advantage, and you do it all using your own personal firearm and without buying a bunch of ammo, which can get really expensive, and the range fees. Plus, you'll save 10% if you use the offer code PAT when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. Save money, save time, take your skill to the next level. Really safely and effectively and so conveniently, right? In the privacy of your own home. The letter I, then TargetPro.com, offer code PAT, iTargetPro.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three Let me tell you about something that uh, I really would love for you to be a part of, and I know you're going to love it if you do it. Um, but it's something you got to prepare for down the line a little bit. June fifteenth, which is a Friday, Friday, June fifteenth through Sunday, June seventeenth, right here in our studios in Irving, Texas, in the DFW Metroplex. Uh, we're doing another. Mercury Museum. Mercury Museum 2018. If you've seen this before, you know that it's worth seeing again. If you've never seen it, you've got to experience this. Uh, We're going to bring out the exploding rat bomb. Um, The M1 team has promised there will be some nicer parts to the the exhibition, too, like the (laughs) 1936 Olympic torch, in addition to the Nazi stuff that's scary and... Uh, but super interesting. I mean, there's there is there are all kinds of artifacts here, and it's going to be uh, all laid out in museum form. Really fun. Uh, Glenn will be guiding some tours. I'll be guiding some tours. It's going to be a great weekend. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, at the uh, top of this hour tomorrow in hour three, Pat Kuchira who is running for governor of Kansas. This is the guy that did the commercial that we like so much. Yeah. Right? Funny stuff. Very good. Uh, at the beginning, he was doing the typical uh, conservative running for office type of ad where you shake hands with the right kind of people and you hang out with old people because they vote. and <laughs> Roll up your sleeves because I'm down to yeah. earth. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a factory now and I'm rolling up my sleeves because I'm so a hard worker. Funny. Really good. I'm laughing with my family. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be on with us tomorrow at this time and we'll find out about yeah. some of his policies. He wants to be governor of Kansas. Uh, so that, that should be good. Hopefully Republicans will be able to maintain the gubernatorial seats that they have and not lose control of the House and the Senate, even though that's a definite possibility this year. Mm-hmm. Actress uh, Salma Hayek is talking about uh, pay inequality now in Hollywood. First of all, why is there pay inequality in Hollywood? I, I thought they were all, you know, all about equality. Sounds like all a Hollywood about, problem. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I thought they were all about social justice in Hollywood. How is it that there's any kind of disparity between the pay that men and women receive in Hollywood? Selma Hayek says, though, 
that male actors should all voluntarily accept a pay cut if they're serious about evening the playing field in Hollywood's gender wage disparity. Yeah, you can stick that. Um, in, in your pipe. Yeah. Not smoke it. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, what in the world? It's on... It's You're putting the responsibility, the burden, on the actors to demand that they get paid less than they otherwise would be <laughs> so that women don't feel bad that they're making less than the male actor? That is... Is that insane or what she's made claims to have been personally victimized by harvey weinstein yeah, um that's probably true then that's probably true that's a bad story about that and she says it's not just the producers it's actors too she is a vocal supporter of the me too movement uh she's also said time's up on the entertainment industry's wage gap she said, time's up. You had a good run, but it's now time to be generous with the actresses. So that's what you push for, right? Pay the actresses more. Don't tell the males that they're under some burden to, to take pay cuts. That's lunacy. I don't care how much they make. Nobody's going to go in and say, nobody in their right mind, hey, uh, you're offering me uh, $15 million? Mm-hmm. No. Um, because my female supporting actress who's not even in the the lead role is only making three million so that's all i want to be paid so cut my salary from 15 to three million would you do that benedict cumberbatch just said he will not do a movie unless he's paid the same as his female counterpart what a buffoon (laughs) what a buffoon the onus is on the people producing the movie. Well, yeah, and Doc give made, the actress more money. Then Doc made a point on the Morning Blaze earlier today when he was like, uh, "Look at the porn industry. Females get paid tons more than the guys." I mean, uh. every industry is going to be different, but I mean, if 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 the draw is a female lead, people are going to go to that movie because they're into that actress or, or it's not, it's let not me ask you this like, I'm going to go to only a dude flick two movies come out the same weekend one features Tom Cruise the other Salma Hayek which one are you going to I, knowing nothing about the movie I'm going to the Tom Cruise movie I, I don't even know what the Salma Hayek movie I, I can't think of a movie I've seen her in hmm. can you have you seen Salma Hayek in any movie I'm just hung, uh, hung up on the question fr- you came weird, up with that, that weird one Frida thing that oh, I didn't yeah. have any interest in. She was in. Well, she was in that movie with the guy from uh, Friends. I think I saw oh. that one. I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, what was that? I know what you're talking about. She was in that movie with Antonio Banderas, which I didn't see. That's right. She's not exactly a huge draw. Nobody goes to a movie because hey, uh, that Salma Hayek movie is opening up this weekend. Let's go. No one. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, yes. Salma Hayek. No. Sorry. Hmm. She continued, if actors ask such inflated fees, it will leave nothing for actresses. If the movie's budget <laughs> is $10 up. million, the male actor has to understand that if he's making $9.7 million, it's going to be hard for equality. <sighs> <sighs> I wish they would just stick to the scripts. I can't even believe this movement. It's just unbelievable. I can say that about so many movements. I can't believe... Fill in the blank movement. So many. Uh, yeah, Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch, or as Glenn calls him, Cumberbun, uh, <laughs> had similar thoughts when he suggested pretty much the same thing. He called on male actors to step up to the plate and refuse refuse to take more money than their female counter, counterparts. 
Now you go ahead and set the stage. If that's what you want to do, Benedict, go ahead. <laughs> Equal pay and a place at the table are the central tenets of feminism. Look at your quotas, Cumberbatch said. Ask what women are paid and say, if she's not paid the same as the men, I'm not doing it. First of all, what producer is going to tell you what he's paying the female actress? Do they actually do that? Like, if I go into my boss today and I say, I want to be, be hey, how much, how much is Stu making? I'm going to make, I want to make that. Or I want to make more than that. Nobody's going to tell me what Stu is making. That is so unprofessional. Cumberbatch has his own production company. And he says he's going to use his platform to further pay parity for women in entertainment. I'm proud that Adam and I, his business partner, are the only men in our production company. Our next project is a female story with a female lens about motherhood in a time of environmental disaster. If it's centered around my name to get investors, then we can use that attention for a raft of female projects. Half the audience is female. Yeah, well, the other half is male. Are you just going to ignore them now? But and that's his private business. If he wants to operate his business, exactly that way, right. Go for it, man. Yeah, you do that. Don't try to put that on everybody else. <sighs> and again, why is Hollywood so so unequal in in their pay scale? Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons. Do you remember Jennifer uh, Lawrence talking about this, about the pay gap in Hollywood and how she wasn't going to put up with it anymore? And she demanded that that she make the same as her male counterparts in her movies. For instance, in one of her movies, I, I forget which one. It might have been Silver Linings Playbook. Um, but I don't think so. I think it was a diff- an, another movie with uh, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Bradley Cooper was making $2 million. She, was, she made $1 million for it. And that seems like, oh my gosh, what, what a horrible disparity in, in your wage. That's something wrong there. And then it came out that, well, Bradley Cooper did twice the work of Jennifer Lawrence in the movie. He was on screen for 43 minutes. She was on screen for 19. Doesn't that warrant double the pay? It seems like she if you're should doing, be getting less than half. If you're, if you're doing double the work, you should get double the pay. Which is the problem in all of this supposed wage gap stuff. You're comparing apples to oranges. As we've said a million times. When you actually compare same job, same experience, same schooling, same skill. In many cases, women actually make more than men. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three or at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, we just threw out the example. We were talking about the income disparity in Hollywood. Which why does that exist? 
But if it does exist, there might be some good reasons for it. Uh, the example I threw out, two movies open on the same weekend. Salma Hayek's the one complaining about actors. Uh, if if male actors make more than female, they need to take demand a pay cut. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so ridiculous. Because you don't want to demand a pay raise? So, I mean, right, right. Why silly. does everybody have to be brought down? Yeah, you bring it up. You bring you bring your pay up, and then we'll we'll be making the same thing. But here's one of the reasons why there may be a disparity. I mentioned the Tom Cruise movie as a, as opposed to a Selma Hayek movie in the lead roles of Selma Hayek's eleven movies. They average eighty million dollars. Correct. In the roles in the thirty five movies that Tom Cruise is the lead. His movies average $224 million. Wow, it's like a third. $224 million to $80 million. Let's see. Who should make more? Hmm. Man, that's hard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Selma? Because she's beautiful? I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you just you picked, a, picked Tom Cruise to go up against for... The lovely Selma. So, I mean, is that fair, Pat? Yes. Okay. Yes, I think it is. Because you're comparing a lead actor to a lead actor. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I was trying to defend her as best I could. I got nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, you picked a bad example for me to be oh, and they impartial. Say these stupid things without thinking it through. Not real seriously. Yeah. I just, come on. There are, there are so many factors that go into these things, and they just discount all of them. And then try to fire people up over this inequality stuff. It's it's lunacy. Um, 888 <clears throat> We were talking about algorithms from uh, Google a while ago. Uh, there's an algorithm recently that just found the most pleasing song in world history. <laughs> the most pleasing song to humans in history. Hmm. What would you think that is? The be- the best song for humans, when you do research on this, and radio stations do that all the time, music stations uh, have researched this over and over and over and over. And I haven't seen one of the outcomes of those of that research for a while. But almost every single time I've ever seen research on that, the number one song doesn't matter whether it's um, young people or old people. It's Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. That's the most pleasing song? It's it's the most, most popular, popular song. Okay, okay. Stairway to Heaven and Free Bird by Leonard Skinner. And sometimes Bohemian Rhapsody. It, they're always in the top three or four. Uh, hey Jude is sometimes in there. But this algorithm decided the most, the best song in human history is Africa by Toto. I mean, it's good, but... I not the most pleasing song in history. Tend to disagree with that being good. Really? <laughs> wow, you don't even maybe I've just good? maybe I've just heard it too many times. Probably. Uh, but wow, because everybody Africa knows Toto. that "Closer" by Travis is the most pleasing song to listen to ever. Like nobody knows what you were just talking about. Nobody's ever heard of any of that. So, <laughs> um. But of all the Toto songs, Africa would be the least among the most. 
<laughs> to me. <laughs> well said. To, yeah, that's the least among the most. Um, I mean, you could go with Rosanna. You could go with uh, Hold the Line, which is an awesome song. You could go with um, I Won't Hold You Back. I Will Remember You. I'll Supply the Love. Those are all great uh, Toto songs. So I don't know what the criteria the algorithm used, but um, we're going to bless the rains in Africa. That's the best song in human history. Something's wrong with that algorithm. Um, And by the way... um uh, struggling Lumby pointed out earlier that um, Toto will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Foreigner. <laughs> so just want you to be aware of that. And again, there's probably no question of that. No. That's that's probably a true statement. And I actually, I do like Toto. I just don't, you know, I'm not crazy about Africa. Or what was that other stupid song they did? Georgie Porgy. Do you remember that? No. Oh my gosh. Oh no. That was an abomination. And so was 99. You, you don't know that song either? No, 99. Ooh, you don't know that song? Probably because their Twitter handle I'm seeing is Toto99.com. So I think it's Toto99.com is their official website. So I probably do know it. It's just not coming to mind all of a sudden here. It, um. it, I, I've never, I don't know what the song, it, it seems to be about a girl named 99. Or maybe it's the 99th girl he's ever met. I, I'm really not sure. but I, I, And that's the only 99 I've ever heard of is the 99 from Get Smart, which I I don't... Would, they, would Toto sing about that 99? I don't know. But just to give you an idea, um, it, I'm going to see if I can... Play the hook real, real quickly music. after the uh, commercial is over. <laughs> the most course. annoying thing, such a first I world problem. Just I hate that. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sound familiar? Yeah. This is now, familiar. try this one on for okay. size. This uh, is one of the dumbest songs of all time. It's called uh, Georgie Porgy by Toto. <laughs> yeah, I know this. You know this one too? Yeah. Yeah. This sucks. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> you don't sing when the piano keys are being hit. No. Right. That's right. terrible. I did send you, however. The... Oh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Get to the Georgie Porgy part here. Yeah, here we go. It is so stupid. Insulting. This does not stand up well to the test of time. <laughs> no. He's got to get to the hook sometime, <laughs> right? Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. <laughs> It just doesn't happen. <laughs> it's a hallmark of a bad song. Yes, it is. Ugh. There it is. Yes, Georgie Porgy Puddin' Pie yes, kissed okay. the girls and made them cry. Yeah. I do recall now. Wow. It doesn't get much worse than that.
I did, so Toto's I, had some abominations and some really good songs. I, I just I sent you the actual most pleasing song in the history of the world. I mean, it's in your inbox as we speak. If you would like to play it, yeah, I wouldn't. You would not. No, the oh. one that you're talking about that no one's ever heard of the band, or you always go to these bands. Doesn't change the fact no it's one's not the heard most of pleasing song the, ever. Songs no one's ever uh, cared about. Hmm. I, That's because history has left many good uh-huh. bands behind. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no, I can already no. tell you. I can name that. Uh, it's pleasing. That song not being the most pleasing of all time. It's got a cameo notes. from Ben Stiller in the middle of the video. I wow. mean, it makes it. Then perfect. that's even worse. Grocery store manager, Pat. <laughs> I'll be tweeting that right. out later at okay. the Blaze Key. Yeah, tweet that out. That's that's a good place for it. <laughs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Seattle scaling back some uh, taxes in the face of Amazon's revolt after intense lobbying by local businesses and a bold threat by Amazon to curtail development in its hometown. Seattle City Council approved a smaller and more limited tax on big companies than they originally wanted to do. How about that? Yeah. Wait a minute. Jeff Bezos has revolted against taxes? Progressives eating progressives. I you, love it. It's my favorite thing in life. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. The new tax, dubbed the Amazon tax by locals, will fund affordable housing and homeless services in a city whose economic boom, driven by Amazon, by the way, <laughs> has priced many residents out of the area and forced some people onto the streets. In other words, capitalism worked, so yep. you know, they made it and they made conditions great in this part of town, so now we're going to have to tax them into bringing them back down. That's just uh, so stupid. Amazon uh halted two major expansion expansion projects in Seattle over protest of the larger tax increase. And they said they were disappointed even with a smaller tax increase. Although the company said it would restart the planning process for one of the buildings. You gotta love it. The clash of the progressives. The city council originally considered an annual head tax of $500 per full-time employee for Amazon and other large companies. Why would you, why would you hamper business growth in your city like that? A company that is a dynamo for your town, too. That's creating jobs. Seriously. And so you're saying the more jobs you create yeah. because you're doing 500 per head, the more we're going to charge you. What? I, I'm, why? It's like a cigarette tax, you know. That's <laughs> it's, it's just It doesn't serve the purpose that they claim it's trying to. The uh. amended measure... Okay, their reduced figure is still $275. Uh, no. <laughs> How about no? No. How about we just leave Seattle and go somewhere else? Well, that's what Boeing did, and they ended up in Charleston, South Carolina. Right. That was a good move by them. Yeah, and so what they've done is they have two big projects now. Now they're like, eh, we'll use one. We'll do one of these now. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Uh, instead of the $75 million per year tax... Originally expected, it's gonna it's it's only gonna be fifty million on Amazon. <laughs> the council also included a sunset provision that would require the tax to be reauthorized in five years, which they never stop a tax that they start. That just doesn't happen. And so you're penalizing a business that wants to bring jobs into your town. You're right. You just said it. You just said they never. It's just like a toll road. They never, never repeal a tax. Oh. 
But they repeal a tax reduction. Those Mm -hmm. get sunsetted and then taxes go back up. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the toll road promise. Hey, as soon as this is paid for with your tolls, we're going to remove those toll booths. Uh, Yeah, it was paid for 35 years ago. When are the toll booths coming down? Yeah, you know what they do? They sell it, the, the, the local municipality or state or whoever uh-huh. sells it to a private company uh-huh. that then they charge it. And then the state can go, oh, look, see, we're not charging you anything anymore. Nah, that's somebody else. <laughs> we made our money off of it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Government. And then they turn around and wonder, hey, why, is that, why aren't businesses locating in Seattle anymore? Hmm. <sighs> when will they learn? When will they learn? 888 uh, Memorial Day weekend, just around the corner now. We also have the 4th of July coming up. And if you want to show your patriotism, there's no better way to do that, really, than flying your American flags. Let me tell you about CollinsFlags.com. This is a family-owned and operated business since 2001. All of their American and military flags made right here in the United States of America. They're the highest quality. They're not like your grocery store or hardware store flags. These are the real deal. And they're committed to offering the highest quality flags at wholesale prices. Uh, There's not a flag that you could want that they don't have. All kinds of state flags, military flags, of course, the American flags. And everything's shipped within 24 hours to you. Shipping is free on orders over $75. Great Midwestern company with Midwestern values. And uh, they're, they're great. We're proud to have them as a sponsor. Uh, And everybody here in Texas loves Texas flags. I'm sure it's probably true in your state, you know, unless you live in California. Maybe you're not so proud of your state, but (laughs) order the American flag then in that eventuality. At least California's got a cool flag, though. We've got the bear on it and stuff. That's pretty cool. They do. Mm -hmm. And right now, we've got a special offer for Blaze listeners only. If you use the promo code Blaze, they'll give you an extra 15% discount. Promo code Blaze. Get 15% off and free shipping on all orders over $75. It's Collins Flags, C-O-L-L-I-N-S, CollinsFlags.com, or call them toll-free at 800-950-4061. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. Talked about art last week because there was a, uh, was it Picasso from last week? Something. It was a Picasso nude. He uh, painted a, like a teenage girl. She looked incredibly young. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was right. naked and holding a bouquet of flowers. It sold for $115 million. It was I mean, a terrible painting. Stop. A, in by today's standards, if you're having a 15 year old girl pose for you naked, uh, you might be arrested. That's a problem. That's a problem. I guess it wasn't a problem in Picasso's time, but the painting wasn't even good. No, it's something we could have done like at like BYOB Art Night down here, a Groupon thing you could buy. Right. We could have done that. Right. <laughs> um. Also, there was a Picasso 
worth millions mm-hmm. that was <laughs> accidentally damaged before the auction. Oh, no. Yeah. How could you yeah. tell? So they estimated it was going to go for $70 million. Uh, but somebody bumped the painting into something or whatever. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> Can we get a picture of this abomination? Look at this Picasso. It sucks. This Picasso, look at that. Ugh. Look at that. I mean, seriously, that's like paint by numbers crap. How is that good? You've got an arm coming out of his uh, shoulder. Yeah, that looks not, uncomfortable. I mean, not, not out of the right part of the shoulder, up on top, like almost out of his neck. I mean, it's not even. And then another arm coming out of his chest. That's like a surgical problem. Now, there. I know Picasso's thing was to distort everything. Uh-huh. But that's stupid. So I would love to know how it got damaged because it might have actually helped it. Yes. I mean, seriously, it's yes. just dumb and gross. Um, plus, his hand is out of proportion. Thank you. His, his face is all twisted. And right. Mouth is in the wrong place. What's up with his nose, This guy man. doesn't even know what people look like. Right? <laughs> Although he did a good job with the lungs being crossed. That's kind of good. But other than that. How is this good? So if somebody knows uh-huh. about art... And what makes art so special? I would love to hear from you at 888 right now. Seriously. Tell me about this Picasso painting and what makes it worth, you know, undamaged, I mean, $70 million. Look at that Picasso. At if I'm at a flea market or some uh, antique store, me and my son, who's 12 years old, we're laughing at that thing. We're like, yeah. look at that stupid thing. Who made this? Like a five-year-old? My son and daughter are both pretty good artists. And if they drew something like this, I'd say, mm, you guys, try again. Back to work. Okay, look at how distorted that person is. That's not what people look like. <laughs> have you seen a person? I think you have. So draw one. Decently this time. <laughs> we don't have arms coming out of our chest. Okay? And the mouth isn't over on the side of your face. It's right in the middle there. I mean, who raised you? <laughs> it's ridiculous. The head is way too big. It's out of proportion. The hand is way too big. And then the other arm doesn't even have a hand. I don't, I don't know what that is coming that's out like, of the end of it. That's not a hand. You're right. It's not a hand, is it? I don't know what it is. That's a rough piece of art right there. It's terrible. Mm. There's a Picasso movie, too, on one of the ch- channels uh, starring Antonio Banderas, I think, as Picasso. So, as I mean, he's pretty hip right now. Picasso really? is. Oh, oh! I thought you were going to say Antonio. Banderas. No, I mean, he Antonio. Made a movie, no, it? he's he's past his prime. I think twenty years ago. Then there's this Medigliani nude, <sighs> which was sold for a hundred and fifty-seven million dollars at Sotheby's over the weekend, set an auction house record. It's one of only five nudes ever auctioned. Whoa! And it gave Sotheby its highest price yet, but didn't set a new record for the artist. Um, this is a reclining nude by the modernist master, Amadio Medigliani, the highest price in Sotheby's history. But, but it, it, at least he looks look, like a human being. But that's not good either. No, it's not. I would never pay five bucks for that. Look at that. I but, mean, why would you want that in your house? First of all, <laughs> you're hanging a naked picture of a woman up somewhere. Do you have kids? <laughs> Maybe it's oh, it's teaching them the beauty of the human body. Yeah, I mean, come that's on. That's what man. it is. And it's art. Just... And it's art, after all. That this is... is not pornography. This is art. <laughs> Thank you. That's what this is. Art. <laughs> but her face is kind of distorted. Oh. And uh, oh, she's looking over her shoulder, I mean. 
She, she's like surprised, like, whoa, you're painting me back there. And then in her surprise and, and amazement that someone is back there with an easel set up, she just holds <laughs> that pose and like, I'm frozen in fear for five days while you paint me. I don't $157 million for that. And look at the feet. There's not even any detail yeah, to but it. Look at the feet. He kind of just gave up. He got to the he feet. Did. And he's just and he's like, like, yeah, eh, okay. It's, just- it's close enough. <laughs> What in the world? Feet generally have this shape. I'm just there. I think Picasso did that into the painting. I'm not going to do much with the toes, but I'm going to give her a couple of clubs at the end of her legs. (laughs) (laughs) What is... We are in the wrong time or the wrong business or all of the above, but seriously, the only justice... Is that this stuff wasn't popular? Maybe it was. I, I honestly don't know. But most of the time, isn't it not popular until after they're dead? So they didn't uh, get yeah. praise at the time, right? right. Yes. Because <laughs> it's just... In almost every case, not- the artists don't... I mean, certainly, Picasso and Medigliani didn't enjoy the fruits of this kind of popularity. $157 million, they were probably lucky to get 50 bucks for their paintings. Starving artists, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why there you're starving, There is a reason. Brother. It's because you paint clubs for feet and uh, arms coming out of chests. <laughs> <laughs> and people back then were smarter, and so they were like, man, They're this like, is crap. That, that doesn't even make oh sense. Oh, my gosh. This is making sense now. We this live isn't in, what human beings look like. Yeah, see, we live in an idiocracy now where we're like, oh, yes. $157 million for that. No, okay. True. And as we talked about last time, that's one of the goals of communism was to make our art ugly. Well, this is pretty ugly. You win, communist. Yep. <laughs> one of the largest works Medigliani ever made and one of only five nudes ever to come up for auction was hoped to be able to reassure the market that in an industry increasingly concerned with contemporary painters, early 20th century masterpieces are again finding favor. That's a masterpiece? Masterpiece. Again, there's almost no detail on this. I'd love to know what makes it a masterpiece, because I can't figure it out. (laughs) I can't figure it out. It wasn't done by you or me. They say that Medigliani has finally caught up to Picasso and Monet. His, uh, His art had lagged behind those people. Until now. And, I mean, there's why. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. But, again, so so does Picasso. So uh-huh. Maybe we'll have to find a Mo- Monet and, and see if we can see the beauty in that. I don't want to. Because I, I don't get it with these guys. Man. 888 Hang on to that number. Use it tomorrow. And uh, we will see you back here for Pat Gray Unleashed. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.